0: Chow, chow. Hey, don't hang up. This is Jello Chow Chow, the All Jello Show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Ciao, everybody. Right on top of it Eric. Fucking shit. It's, it's Jallo Chow Chow, and <laughs> let us take you to the Yellow Decay. Welcome,
1: everyone. That was kind of
0: Hello, ominous. Yeah, just about as Begin- ominous as the beginning of this movie.
1: Yes.
2: The Yellow Decay? Yeah. I think I'm
0: not following it.
2: That's what the
0: recording says at the beginning of the movie where he's getting. Oh, the colors. He's like. The colors, Chris. I'm soft like fall. Or whatever. <laughs> it's supposed to make it's, sense, apparently. They should get you for the remake. Colore. Yeah, I would try to make my movie kind of take place at the House with Laughing Windows instead of everywhere but the House with Laughing Windows.
1: That's what makes it so great.
0: I don't even think he actually goes inside of it. He's like about to, and then he's like, ooh, this looks dilapidated. I better get out of here. (laughs) This thing's going to fall on me.
2: Never (laughs) goes in. Wow.
0: Yeah. you never know. So how's everybody doing this
1: time of show? This time? Yeah. Good. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying that because it's early and we haven't been...
0: No, I was gonna say this week, and then I realized that this is a two-week show. This time, and this is episode nineteen, right? Yes, dude, I am on it like fucking motherfuckers. That's right, good stuff. That's one way to be on something. Yeah, it is. Anything interesting going on?
1: Hmm, I don't know. Let's see. Chris has got the he's kind of home alone right now hopefully you got the booby trap set up yeah
2: I do Joe Pesci's right outside uh (laughs) yes um yeah I couldn't get out of work and so the rest of my family went to the beach um without me and um I'm pretending that it's bothering me but really it's not because I have the
0: house to myself so as long as your wife doesn't listen to this show you're fine
2: yeah, and you can pretty much guarantee that that is not gonna happen. She <laughs> hasn't listened to a single show. She hates Jallo. She uh, it, it's it's really funny. You can the level at which she hates these movies is unprecedented because um, we'll be you know in bed and it's late and she's like we just get done watching something that we're watching together and then she'll say. You can put on whatever you want because I'm gonna fall asleep as long as it's not one of those Jalo films. So I never, I, I can't, I can't even put one on to to be, you know, fodder for her. You know, just to make her sleepier because uh, she just hates them. Do so. you
0: ever like put on like worse stuff just to like go? <laughs> okay, if you don't want me watching that, I'm gonna watch Cannibal Holocaust or um, She Wolf of the SS or. <laughs> Like, do you ever, like, go that route? And then she'll go, oh, wow, the Jalo
2: movies really aren't that bad. No, you know, the only thing that I've tried to do is I've tried to Game get one. her to, I've tried to get her to watch one. And the one that I think is the most accessible is Tenebrae. I think Tenebrae is probably the easiest Jalo to watch for somebody who's never watched one. Or for somebody who thinks that... Like, her big thing is she can't get over the, the fact that the acting is so bad because the... You know the 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 soundtrack is dubbed in, and you know it's clearly you know from from a bygone era. So everything has a certain style. Which of course, if you like that sort of thing, it's great. And, and if you think it's uh, trashy and cheap and and tacky, then you won't like it. Um, but for the most part, um, I have not been able to do this. I've 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 proposed it several times. I said I have a film that I want you to watch, and I. I think that you're gonna like it I think that you know I'd I'd love to see if you can figure out who the killer is that sort of thing but you know there's probably a thousand and one other things that we will agree on to to do or to watch um, instead of putting that movie on so it's a it's an endless quest I don't know if it'll ever be if if it'll ever come to, to pass that we watch this film but I don't even think that after watching it she'd become a fan of the films anyway So, I don't know what the point is.
1: Has she seen... She'll be a a guest next week, then. Yeah. (laughs)
2: She'll be a guest speaker, right.
1: (laughs) Has she seen the tuna can commercial with uh, Kevin Costner? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be an entry level. Yeah, because, I mean, you know,
0: the dubbing's really bad on that, and that's just, like, classy.
2: It it is. Uh, You know, I'm trying to remember if we watched... I think she watched the very end of *Case of the Scorpion's Tail* because I was watching it, and she came home and, or she came downstairs where I, where I was watching it, and she sat and watched the last five minutes. And she's like, "This movie is terrible." So, <laughs> so I, again, I, it's just lost on her.
0: But um, Strange Burger was soaking wet, and she looked amazing wet.
2: She did. She looked good in that. <laughs> But, but, I mean, she doesn't like any of the horror movies that I like. She likes, can, she likes m- new, modern-type movies, you know, things that, you know, where the special effects make you look, you know, like when you watch, you know, something like Hostel and it makes you squirm because they did the gore so realistically, you know, compare that to Burial Ground. Um, with the with, with the zombies that you know that come out of the ground and, and bite off breasts and stuff. I mean, there's there's no comparison. She she would watch it and laugh, and you know that would be the end of it. So uh. it's a law school. So uh, long story short, yeah, uh, I don't think she'll be listening to this podcast. Um, if she ends up listening to it, love you. Is and this uh, really
0: the short version of that story?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> What did I say? To make a long story short? Yeah. <laughs> I did say
3: that.
2: I'm full of, uh, what do they call those? Non sequiturs? I'm full of those. Uh, oh, man. I don't even know if they mean anything. I just say them. <laughs> they don't They don't even apply. Or maybe I did it sarcastically because it's the opposite of what it meant.
1: That's Keep fighting that. a good fight. you convert her. Just tell her that Psycho is a jello film.
0: Yeah. Short frenzy that's kind of jallowy i never even seen frenzy oh dude the hitchcock it's uh it's good dude. Yeah. i like rope rope's great it's a great film i'm actually rope. starting the north hollywood chapter of hump day hitchcock where nice. you watch a hitchcock movie on wednesdays nice yeah
1: Super fun. in the chapter? Well, because you...
0: uh, Charlie Vaughn is doing it in Portland. Okay. And so I'm going to do it here, but everyone who wants to do it with me lives somewhere else um, that sounded sexual. And um, so I think we're going to do it on Skype since, as we know, that always works.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if that doesn't work, you could always do Google Hangouts. Oh, my fucking shitholes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was such a fucking nightmare. Okay, we're referring to the last Friday the Thirteenth podcast. Awful, awful, awful. But um,
2: well, just to just to just to diverge, do you do you guys have a favorite Hitchcock film that you could like right off the top of your head? My Lifeboat. One is...
0: Lifeboat. I, I love Lifeboat because it the whole movie shot on a raft. Never even heard or seen uh, like it's so cool. Like just the way. The way that the whole movie could be done, on a raft, is just it—it it boggles my mind, right there. But on top of that, it's just a really good movie.
1: Huh. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of Hitchcock films that have come up in discussions I've been listening to that I didn't even know existed, and I feel really ashamed about that fact. Um, like. Like what I did hear about Lifeboat recently. Um, like the movie Marnie I hadn't even heard about. Yeah, that one's good. Um, yeah, I guess some more of his later stuff. Suspicious like good. Frenzy's good. Yeah.
0: A bird, the bird is, like one of my least favorite ones, actually. Right
2: right. See, I'd
1: see the birds one and I'm of like,
0: oh
2: I won't All right. What's up? I said I'm sorry, I said Marnie is one of the last later ones, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's like those ones that I've I've just never heard. I don't know what what about it is why I haven't heard of those ones, but um I actually like when he did The, the Lodger or the yeah, That's good. He re- yeah, kind of redid that one and then uh obviously like the the big ones. I really like North by Northwest just cuz that was I think might have been one of the first ones I saw as a kid. So, kind yeah. of, it's kind of has that nostalgia factor with me.
2: Yep,
0: I'm I'm totally blanking on the one with the uncle. It's not Strangers on a Train. It's a uh... oh, uncle. Are you fucking kidding me?
1: Is it from around that same time? It's
0: black and white. It's it's Hitchcock's favorite one that he did. It's it, uh... uh oh, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Come on, brain. <laughs> oh my! Is it like fuck. a lady? Shadow or... of a Doubt. Oh my God, Shadow that one's doubt. really good too. Dude, I can't believe I fucking blanked on that. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Are you sure yeah. you should be running that uh, chapter? Oh,
2: yeah, right. Fucking A dude. All right, so yeah, I have anywho. a, I have a lot, lot of Hitchcock to catch up on because there's a lot on this list that I've never even heard of. So uh-huh. I do like Rebecca. Yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously all the ones that everyone's heard, uh, heard of, uh, you know, they're all great. I, I think Psycho is is still one of them my favorites it's so
1: good very rewatchable even though you know everything that happens yeah oh yeah and then showing it to people for the first time is always kind of fun because they're like oh black and white movie oh here we go (laughs) and then they get super into it
0: you must hear that a lot huh eric
2: not only not only does eric hear it but that's the other complaint that my wife has with watching movies if it's in black and white it doesn't matter How good the film is, she'll 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 automatically say, "Ugh, it just means it's old, and I don't want to
1: watch it." (laughs) That's awesome. That's funny because I guess my wife she at least says that you know she could maybe watch an old movie, but the fact that it's black and white takes her out of it because it's not realistic. Right. Black and, you don't walk into a room and everything's black and white. So when, when you
0: were when <laughs> yeah. you were kids, did you think that there was a period of time when life was in black yes. and white? I did. Too. Yes, <laughs> I Desert
2: did. of Oz
1: screwed me up big time as a kid.
2: Yes, I did. And my mother always reminds me that she asked me if when I was a kid, I asked her if the world was in black and white when she was a kid. And why? <laughs> and, and and when she tells that again, like other people hear that story and they go, "Wow, you were a weird kid," but. Meanwhile, both of you guys thought the exact same thing, so.
0: Yeah, and I think it was um, Gilligan's Island that fucking tripped me out, because like, (laughs) the first Gilligan's Island season was in black and white, and then after that, it was in color, and I was like, oh my god, so color happened on this day, like, and I was like, thinking that like, I like discovered fire, and I was like, running around telling everybody, I'm like, I know exactly when color happened, oh my gosh, and um, yeah, and then I was told that I was a fucking idiot. But um, my my <laughs> daughters ship you, off an an you sometimes. Event. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but good times. Well, um, since this is the Jallow show, we oh should talk about stuff. So yeah, did we, I, we ever
1: start recording? I can't remember.
0: Um, I started recording as soon as Chris oh, came on because I'm a shit. I'm that guy. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, but um, I've watched quite a bit. I've had um basically a week of not having to really do anything. So I've just been watching stuff and um, getting caught up on stuff. And I just want to thank Eric for picking um, pornography for us to do on the show shortly (laughs) with Sister of Ursula. It's super fun.
1: (laughs) sounds like it wasn't even the worst that you came across, though.
0: It kind of wasn't. No, but um, I, I watched some, like to me that are classics like knife of ice and stuff like that, that I like a lot. But, um, the ones that i watched that I've never seen was, um, sister Ursula. And then, um, this one that released in America called bizarre, but it was also released as pro Fuma, which I talked about on the page that is like from 86 or 87. And, I said it if I was 14 and bisexual I would probably really like that movie.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: But is there um, a lot of real maricans in it? Um <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of um it was just like <clears throat> it was set up like a porno. It was like there was no story really. There was a little bit of story at the beginning and then everything was just set up to set up a sex scene until there was about 20 minutes left of the movie and then it was like big plot and then it was still kind of trashy it was just like there wasn't a whole I mean if you guys like um, vagina and <laughs> stuff like that you would maybe enjoy this if you like some story behind your pornography but um, but yeah and then um, I watched Trauma for the first time, actually. The Argento, the Argento. Movie. Yeah. Yep. And the thing that tripped me out the most about it is that it was filmed in Minneapolis. Mm. And we shot Bitch That Cried Wolf on the same bridge in the opening of our movie that they use in the opening of that movie and it was just a total trip and so like i hit up the producers from minneapolis and i'm like you gotta watch trauma right now and tell me if you recognize these places (laughs) it was just so weird but that movie it was so twin peaks inspired you know it was like 93 it was right after twin peaks ended piper lori's in it right and the music was very twin peaksy and then at the end of the movie they do this like weird thing where there's like a band on a porch and they do a slow zoom on a girl kind of swaying like an audrey dance
2: oh, yeah. to the music yeah that's right
0: it was just really weird you know what i'm saying yeah.
2: it's a very surreal kind of giallo yeah
0: it was just and um, asia's acting was um pretty... Go ahead. <laughs> Aja? <laughs> Go ahead. Aja. Her acting was very, um, I don't know. I don't know if lackluster is a good word to describe it or just like god-awful, but... Yeah, like maybe just bad. It was so
1: bad, dude. And how old was she when they did that? I don't know, Maybe so She was, was probably eight...
2: like 16
0: or... So it's
1: 18. She was just... It's barely over legal age Bullshit,
0: dude I bet they fucking fudged her birth certificate Because she did not look <laughs> that old And then all of a sudden she's naked And I'm like, holy fuck
1: You know Well, maybe she was still 17 in America And switched over to the Italian time zone yet Oh,
0: um, <laughs> yeah Maybe <clears throat> but yeah, that movie was
1: it was weird cuz it was it had
0: like moments of like deep red and then moments of like Solange in it. It was was kind of neat. It yeah, was better I, I, than I thought it was going to be.
2: Yep, it it's definitely not a bad film. I think the whole thing with the anorexia and that whole sub subtext was a little bit ridiculous, but yeah. the rest the rest of the movie was pretty good.
0: The the thing that I liked the most, I like, I mean, it kind of leads into what we're going to be talking about in a minute, but the murder weapon was really cool. Yeah. You know, like...
1: um, Have you ever seen it? Eric, Eric? have you seen it? You know, it's it's another shameful... Well, I guess it's not shameful. It's not shameful, shameful. I just watched it. (laughs) Yeah, people have steered me away from, you know, post-90s Argento so much that it's kind of like, I I need to get all these other films in before I'll you know, trespass over into that area. But um yeah, being that it's in Minneapolis, maybe I'll have to scoot it up in the you line. You totally should.
0: You know that beer sign right at the front of the bridge?
1: Yeah, the green belt. Yeah. Sign. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck
0: <laughs> Yeah. I used to walk across <laughs> that bridge every day to work, so Yeah, dude. You've walked on a bridge where uh um you underage should Oh yeah. Tried to commit suicide. Yeah, um spoiler if you like the first five minutes of a movie no but the the weapon in it is like this weird like i don't even know what the fuck that would be used for if that's a real thing but it's like a wire hooked onto this thing that you put around someone's neck and then it pulls the wire tight and chops off people's heads i don't know what the fuck you would call it
2: it's like it's like an automatic decapitation machine
0: yeah but it looks like a price gun from the supermarket
2: it's basically, you know, it's probably like Argento self-referential because he's always had these murder weapons or these murder scenes where they would wrap, like, a wire around the guy's neck and then tighten it and tighten it, and, and now it's like, well, I don't need to do that anymore. I just have this drill instead. Yeah. But, um, Eric, I was going to say you should probably, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily steer clear of post-'90s Argento because I'm looking at the list, and I thought Stendhal syndrome was pretty good. Um, I've been
0: staying away from that one too. My I
2: my think, thing was like after opera,
0: I just shouldn't watch. But I've been catching I, ones every now and then, and they're not bad.
2: Yeah, like uh, the the his his segment in Two Evil Eyes is really good, and okay. um, Trauma is good. The Stendhal Syndrome I think is, I liked it. It's different. It's not a jalo. It's 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 just odd. And then I liked Sleepless, which is called Non. So Hono in Italian, uh, I thought that was I thought that was a pretty good film. Um, after that, though, um, you know the card player is really terrible. Mother of Tears is terrible. Um, okay. and I saw I think i I think I watched the first fifteen to twenty minutes of Jallo with um, I didn't think that
0: was half bad. It was, was awful, but it was entertaining. with the pianist? Yeah, right.
1: The and guy who it, has a penis why? on
0: his face. Wasn't it like over the top gore though? If I remember correctly, but the things that people had a problem with, I didn't have a problem with. I thought it was stupid because like the big thing is is that, um, and here's it's not even really a spoiler if you have looked at anything about this movie, but, um, penis face. What's his name? The the Adrian Adrian Brode fucking a adrian brody plays the killer but he's not the same character it's not supposed to be him playing the killer
1: so at that point i'm like
0: why would you why why is that even a thing like why would why would that even be a thing because it seems (laughs) like shooting that would be a pain in the ass because like every time them they're in the same scene you have to have stand-ins you know what right. I'm saying? But it has nothing to do with the story, and it's not revealed as he is the killer, if that makes any sense. It's just, it, it, it's just a Was silly... Is it a payroll thing? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Maybe Adrian Brody just wanted to play a killer in something and said, hey, I'll do the movie, for, let me be the killer too, and just it's put a, a stupid mask on. It with the, with the, uh,
2: Wasn't there some sort of controversy with... Um with him and either his his payola or his or his just credits or there was something about you know
0: didn't get paid like he like argento owed him a bunch of money not so much for because i think he was actually one of the investors in the movie and he didn't get some money or something like that because at first i thought it was about um him not liking the movie but the more I read up about it, it seemed like it was more of a money issue.
1: Business issue. Yeah. I always tears people apart.
0: Fucking money. But um,
2: Chris, oh, have, cool. have you seen Bizarre? Bizarre? No. Oh, no. what's Bizarre?
0: That's that kind of porny one I watched. Oh there no. That was more <laughs> porny than Ursula. Did
1: you put did you put that one on when your wife said she was going to sleep and. I oh, should yeah. have put on. You should definitely so.
0: put that on when, some, when she's going to sleep because she'll <laughs> wake up and see someone getting toe-banged and be all like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> you go, you like that guy's furry flesh sock? Well, let me tell you something, lady.
2: <laughs> that reminds me of that scene in New York Riffin with the two like uh, Spanish guys at the bar. Oh Same, my god. You know, hey, you know that yeah. <laughs> you love it, you love it. The lady likes it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, foot. I have a uh, I have a couple of quick things to announce, um, both related to the same thing. So, uh, in two uh, two nights from tonight, um, the uh, the uh, exhumed films group is doing um, Cannibal Holocaust and Man from Deep River. And if you live anywhere near um, the University City area of Philadelphia, which is basically where Drexel and, and uh, University of Pennsylvania are, which is right in the middle of the city. Um, that's happening tomorrow, uh, Thursday night. I'm not going to be able to go um, for reasons which are, are related to what we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, and I'll, that's all I'll say about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other announcement is I did convince said other half to let me go to the um 24 hour uh halloween horathon that these guys put on every year um but unfortunately for me i was about an hour too late in getting tickets um so i don't know if anybody listens to this podcast that has anything to do with um exhumed films but if there's a ticket laying around i would love it um if not no big deal um it's on the 27th of october And uh, again, I think we talked about this before, but they basically do, I think they do somewhere between 13 and 14 films back to back from noon on Saturday until noon on Sunday, the weekend before Halloween. Why don't you just tell them,
0: tell them you you get a press pass, write them up and say, hey, I'm Chris from Jala and (laughs) Jala Chow Chow, let me come in for free and I'll do a
2: bunch of write up stuff on you guys considering that the event sold out in like two hours, I don't think they need the press. So uh, Eh, you never know. (laughs) Say you want to come uh, and interview the guy
0: that's doing the thing who puts on exhumed films for a special piece for your website. Trust me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) People like getting buttered up now that this is on the show and it's like
1: for everyone to hear. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe the w- first thing you'll do is not point him to the fact that you do a Jello Chow Chow podcast.
2: Yeah, maybe I'll just, just refer him to the website and that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, but then uh, you'll have to take yeah.
1: down all re- references on your website.
2: True enough. Or maybe they won't want to l- listen to House with the Laughing Windows episode.
1: <laughs> maybe they'll
2: start at episode one and by the time they work their way up to 19 the festival you know the, the the film festival will be over so that
1: son of a bitch got we'll us be running
2: laughing <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be awesome but yeah hopefully uh you know the, 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 anybody out there who's interested in going got their tickets early uh it's always a fun time uh, until you get to about three o'clock in the morning um they're notorious yeah. for showing the worst possible movie at the worst possible time like that's like one of their little in-jokes like they wait until people are eyes are bugging out of their heads and they just are sleep deprived and they put the worst possible films on um i can i can tell you one year it was a film called lady terminator i don't know if anybody's seen that one um it's a i can't even describe it um there was another one called uh the boarding house which is a direct to the VHS filmed on VHS camcorder slasher film um, and and a few other ones that are just so bad they're, they're you know it, it's become a, a it's become a thing now a tradition to wait until the 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning hour to see what the bad film is going to be and, and they, they become so popular that they actually had a uh, I guess it was a 4 or 5 hour um film festival where they showed just those films Uh, all the ones that they showed at three o'clock in the morning like just back to back to back so uh it's it's a pretty interesting and pretty cool um thing to do if you live in this area uh i think this is probably their seventh or eighth year doing it so and they don't tell you what what the films are you know you you got to wait until they actually um appear on the screen to know what they are there's no um there's no planning ahead so at any rate exhumed films um and and i won't be unfortunately won't be going to the cannibal uh double feature in a couple of nights um but i just want to give those guys a plug because I, uh, I i'm a big fan of their uh organization and what they're trying to do so i
3: was,
1: good, I was gonna say you're, you're probably young enough where you could stay up for all 24 hours
2: i've i've been to three of their festivals and i never made it through any of them without falling asleep for at least two or three films so well. and then you're
0: like and then i wake up in the arms of some sweaty guy and i'm like what the hell is <laughs> happening here and he's like what he's like i'm seriously just going for your wallet man i swear
1: well perfumo is playing on the screen <laughs> or whatever I, it's
2: I, I, made the, I made the mistake one year of um of mixing like pre-mixing some like mixed drinks like margaritas and uh starting to drink them you know around the 10 or 11 o'clock hour and that was just a big mistake because I had a nice buzz for for one movie and then the rest of the night I just had a headache so it's just it 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 was a rookie mistake but they did have a that that was the year that they had a director's cut of dawn of the dead so on 16 millimeter which was really interesting so
1: um I was excited to see that when I was half drunk, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, I was gonna say alcohol is probably not your friend during those kind of things. No, you need some blood no. Bull, man. Yeah, you yeah. need
0: speed, some
1: bull testicle.
2: Yep, there you go. Taurine. Yeah, <laughs> you need some taurine. Yes, gua- gua- guarana or whatever that. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it's all different names it's all for ca- caffeine.
0: It's all caffeine. You, you need paste. five bottles of five-hour energy. <laughs> <laughs> All at once. Yep. Then you look like now you gotta you gotta Do you spread this out for four hours. Oh yeah, that's what the popcorns for, right? <laughs> right. Awful butter. Okay. So um, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> um. For those of you who missed the tuna can talk, I don't know when we did that, but um, uh, for those of you who have missed us talking about tuna cans, which there are at least one person, um. On our page right now, uh, Al Lewis, our foreign correspondent, sent us a Kevin Costner tuna can video. And Are you the- sure it wasn't <laughs> Al Owens? Oh, shit. Al Owens. Who the fuck is Al Lewis?
1: <laughs> you know, some jazz singer? <laughs> is it? I don't know. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, if you want to see um, Kevin Costner's tuna can, it's got like mustard or something between the
1: flaps. Now Lewis is, is the Grandpa from the Monster. Yeah. Fucking the monster, yeah. Grandpa Monster. <laughs> I was gonna say don't feel bad, it's a, he was a monster, so I could see why <laughs> you'd make that that mistake. Ow. Thank you, Google. I am
0: so sorry.
1: <laughs> um, Maybe yeah. he'll appreciate you calling him Grandpa Munster.
0: In fact, um <laughs> we got an email from him. We do did. you do you wanna take that? Grandpa Eric? Munster? Yeah, Grandpa Munster <laughs> sent us an email.
1: Oh, I didn't... I don't think I got that one. Shit. Oh, you don't?
2: Oh, wait, yeah, you
0: did, because
1: you replied to it. Oh. Oh, yeah, from Al Owens. Yeah, I didn't get one from... Oh, I
0: see what you're doing there, you fucking cocksucker. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a couple minutes to catch up.
0: Okay. Do you have the email? Yeah.
1: I do. He uh, answered a lot of our questions. I think we had about 60 of them or so on the last show. So he did answer up to, I believe, 11 I don't know if we wanted to go through each one, but... Uh, read the email, yeah, Eric. What's that? <laughs> just read the email. Oh. Okay. Well, he just says, thanks for letting me be your Italian foreign correspondent. I look forward to having a part in helping you guys make the internet a better place for fans of Giallo Cinema. So with that in mind, here are some answers, like Eric said, what you're paying me for. and I, I didn't remember I said that. Oh, shit. Um, you did. I hope that's not coming out of my portion. It is. Uh, and he says, and some maybe helpful extra information free of charge. I'll itemize this so it doesn't seem as disjointed and rambling as it really is. Uh, he lives an hour away from Venice, Italy, not California, in a town called Aviano. Very good. It's in the reg- region. I know. Thank you. Uh, region is similar to state in Italy of Priuli, Venetia, Giulia, in the province similar to County of Porta Wow. You're getting super good at this, dude. I watch a lot of Food, food Network. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I have, a, I have a crush on Giada. I don't even know what that means. Oh. No. Okay. Um. <laughs> she's a very good cook. Yeah. That's, uh, that's right. She sure his, does. His second cook's a tuna favorite. can. Yep, she, I think she uses tuna a lot. In her flesh oven. <laughs> Sorry. The jelly that he watches in the movie theater are newly released, or they were newly released when he'd go to see them. Uh, there was and still is only one movie house in Ostuni. It has two th- theaters. One of them is inside with nice comfy seats, and the other one is a walled-in area outside with rows of folding chairs. Which one is showing the first-run blockbuster and which one isn't depends on whether or not the air conditioning or heating is working inside. So he uh, gave us a little bit of a Google Map picture overhead of of this cinema, which is kind of cool. Uh, He talks about the celebrations that go on through Italy, but uh, they do not have Halloween. Uh, They do have something called Carnival, which is like Mardi Gras, where people wear masks, but they do not trick-or-treat. He uh, brought up the movie that Creep mentioned on the show, A Quiet Place in the Country, and he loves that movie. You'd have to watch it again to see if it would qualify as a giallo, but if you like Franco Nero, which fans of The Fifth Chord might, uh, he would recommend that one. I don't think it is. You don't think it is now?
0: Uh, well, no, I don't. Th- I don't think it you was didn't think when it was... I said it, but I, yeah. I don't think it is at all, anyway.
1: All right. Well, that answers that. Uh, he brought up the hot potato or not potato discrepancy between the dubbing and subtitles, and uh, in the in the last movie we did, Your Vice, and he said that they reflect exactly what the original Italian dialogues or the subtitles did. She called them Sleeping Beauty, not Hot Potato. So that clears that up as well. Thanks, Al.
2: I can't remember which was which. Was it the subtitles that said "hot potato" or was it the dubbed in? I think it was the dub.
1: Wait. Yeah, the dub said "hot potato," but the subtitles. Yeah. yeah. So he's saying that the subtitles were correct with the Italian dialogue of Sleeping Beauty. Uh, He brought up the the philosophical discussions that we had on the show regarding the uh, working class and the director's intents, etc. And yeah. uh, he has no idea. He was two years old when your vice came out. So. <laughs> uh, he brings up the animal cruelty issue over in Italy. It's a big issue over there. Uh, one of his friends told him that if you want to kill somebody and their whole family by burning down their house, make damn sure to let their dog out first or else you'll really be fucked if you get caught. Which I kind of <laughs> chuckle <up. laughs> Uh, Search warrants do exist over in Italy, and they are taken very seriously, creep. So for people's homes, uh, especially, uh, and if you're pulled over in your car, then anything goes, I guess. So that's kind of a holdover, I suppose, from uh, Mussolini days. (coughs) Uh, Fernet is an after-dinner liqueur. It's what they call a bitter, and he's only ever seen old people drink them. Uh, I myself kind of like some bitters, so maybe that makes me old. I don't know. But yeah. I think
2: Fernet is, a, is, it, is it an after-dinner drink or something.
1: Yeah. yeah that's what he said, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I've, I've come to learn that Italians really like to have their after-dinner drinks. Which is... And before-dinner drinks,
0: it. and their during-dinner drinks, and then their before-sex drink, and their after-sex milk, and all sorts right. of stuff. <laughs>
1: Milk. Room temperature milk. Yeah. Um, just the last couple points here. Almost all of his Italian family members have cats, and he's never seen one damn eye in any of their feed bowls. So he feels pretty cheated by that scene in the movie. Uh, but in all fairness to Oliviero, giving disgusting scraps to your pet, predates canned fluffy ch- chow by a few dozen centuries, and it doesn't surprise him that a country gentleman like Oliviero, who would have lived through World War II, in the lean years afterwards, thought nothing of giving sheeper peepers to Satan. So I think sheeper peepers has to become another catchphrase on the show.
0: Sheeper peepers.
1: And then, uh, yeah, I finally sent over that uh, Kevin Costner commercial with the tuna, because that's what our discussion on Jane Fonda's commercial reminded him of. Not bad, so no. That's, <laughs> that's which Al from I still the don't Italy think Alpha. that
0: exists. Thanks, Al from the Italy office that's hysterical so yeah if there's anyone from the UK who knows that this commercial is real or not the not bad and I still am curious about that and I guess my first question for Al this week is in Italy do you put mustard in between your flaps of tuna in the can because there was some yellowy substance oozing out of the flaps when uh, Mr. Costner Scoops out a big help of you know what for the ladies. So, uh, yeah. Okay, I guess I killed that room. Got it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Next room. I'm heading over.
0: Next. Um, so, Chris, are you, still, yeah, Chris is still there. Um, I'm still here. Yes. I asked a question on the group last time asking what is your favorite of the animal trilogy. And we were shocked by how many people well eric wasn't shocked obviously but chris and i were a little stunned at how many people liked four flies
1: and it's just a fun you know fun little movie to sit through i think i think people agree with me four people do well anyway <laughs> there's a tie for first between bird with a crystal
0: plumage and four flies as of right now so, um, and Chris, you're the only
1: one who voted for Cat of Nine Tails, right?
2: <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> All right, so you're the you're the Ralph Nader vote in this Florida election. I Wait, am. yes, that's right. Wow. Um, but How do you? What do
0: you? Uh, ah, forget it. I was trying to do a thirty rock, um, segue there, but it didn't work. Um. So anyway, um, I think there's a four
2: vote margin of error too on that poll probably <laughs> probably there's a few
1: hanging chads
0: yeah um so we'll have to we'll come back at the end of the show and tell you what movies placed where for what we're going to be doing next week so that's a whole lot of fun right
3: yes a lot of fun. i
0: wow. a lot of go. it's a whole lot of fun wow sorry oh oh that was like a weird led zeppelin pun huh <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I fucking knew what the if, fuck you if, were talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, now I get
1: well you ha you win the voice. Yeah. Oh.
3: a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: And there goes our <laughs> listeners. Okay. So um, now I guess we'll go um, genitals first, right into our top three. Do 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 top three. Alright so um this time it's my pick and I picked the top three um death scenes and minutes before the show Chris started arguing whether someone falling <laughs> off a cliff is a death scene I
2: oh, know I thought we were I thought the um the top three theme was top three kills specifically kills so, okay fine but if you want to do deaths that's fine too
0: um let's do where kills. someone's life doesn't work anymore okay and makes it interesting cool all right i'm ready so um who wants to go first one two three not it i will go first oh. again jesus okay so hopefully eric what? will steal our
1: picks exactly Well, I don't know. This one's—I mean, this one has the potential to steal from you guys, but I feel like you guys like to kind of go for the deep cuts to kind of stay away from these ones. So I'll just throw it out there. My number three is from Deep Red, and it's the uh, the woman in the apartment who gets the hatchet to her and then thrown through the the pane of glass, the window, and kind of Uh... hangs there for a little bit. Just a lot of blood, a lot of brutality, uh, but. Because it's Argento, it's very deliberate and, you know, very moody and artistic, of course, so.
2: That
0: is a I like good
2: one.
1: I like how it's captured.
0: That yeah. one was on my list.
2: But I've come I've come to realize that when, when Creep says, ugh, it could mean I agree with you, it could mean I don't agree with you, it could mean I had that on my list and you stole it, it could mean I wish I had had it on my list and I forgot it.
0: And then if you hear, that means you're a dick, and it's not a good pick, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, So you really learned nothing then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) By by learning a lot.
0: (laughs) No, uh, I I did, um, I made a list of like 10, just in case you guys stole mine. Since we don't share our lists beforehand. So I'm on top of it. I have five. So, but yeah, that one was in my ten. That that's that's a really good scene. I I'm not a huge fan of that guy. He I think right. he's just kind of a cheese ball. But like the whole yeah. bit from her getting through the window to him running up the stairs past the pitcher, pulling her off the when he pulls her off the window, it grosses me out and it's pretty uh, graphic. Um, I don't know. Like the whole scene is what I enjoy. Yeah, like what you described. Have you guys seen that movie Nightmare that I thought was Italian but it was Australian? Mm. About the theater house and everyone getting killed in the theater. What I thought was stage fright, delirium. Oh, no. Okay, no. well, there's a scene that's kind of like that in this, but it's in a car and the mom goes through the car window and the glass goes in her throat and the daughter's like going mommy and trying to pull her and as she's pulling her, the glass is going deeper and deeper in her neck. Why I brought that up, I'm not exactly sure other than it reminded me of the deep red one. But um, yeah, it grosses oh, yeah. the hell out of it's, it. I, I don't, yeah, like there's certain things that I can't watch, but uh-huh. that deep red one, just the whole scene in general is really, really good.
1: Yeah, I kind of like yeah that one, and then you know just me Argento. Um, I I almost brought one up that I thought was in the same movie, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys in case you have it. So I will cut myself off. Chris, what I, do you think?
2: Well, let's see. Um, yeah, I have a lot of Argento on my list. <laughs> um, let me pick my number three since. Uh, let's see. Um, this is a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do something a little bit different. Um, my number three murder kill death scene is from uh, Sergio Martino's *The Strange Vice* of Mrs. Ward, and it is the second murder of the movie of the film, um, where the girl in the party dress who gets her party dress ripped off because it's basically just paper. Comes home and gets in the shower, and the uh, killer comes in and gets her with a razor. Um, I really like this because it's just kind of an in-your-face uh, murder scene. It's like you know, you—we all know that this is going to happen. You know, we don't know who she is. She's not important to the story. Obviously, she's going to get killed. But when it finally comes time to... The do the deed, it's really filmed well. Um, the killer comes in, you know. I, I think that Martino really did his best work with Giallo with the, with this first film, um, and I, I think all the rest of his Jolly kind of pale in comparison. It's it's almost like he did his best work first. Um, it's a really cool scene where you know the the, um, the razor blade comes in. There's some blood splatter. I mean, it's clearly, you know, a psycho-influenced thing. Definitely, yeah. Uh, But also, it reminds me of Tenebrae, um, where the girl has the shirt over her face and she gets the razor while she's, you know, I think the killer, like, he he swipes the razor across the shirt, which opens up a hole in the shirt, and you can see the girl's face. It kind of reminds me of that. Um, but then, uh, at the last second um, of this murder, the camera just flips upside down as the killer's walking back out. It's like the killer just goes in, pulls the shower curtain, does the thing with the razor real quick. Um, the girl falls into the tub, and then her point of view of you know as she's falling into the you know falling out of the tub and falling upside down. Yeah, point of view of her seeing the killer run back out the door again. Um, it's
0: kind of cool, because it's like a reverse shot of what Janet Lee saw in Psycho at the end. right? You know? Yep. That part's great,
2: yeah. So that was my number three.
1: Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I, I can't comment on that one yet. Apologize. Oh, you'll <laughs> like that <one>. Um,
0: <clears throat> I'm having a hard time here. Because, uh, maybe I'll come back to those ones. Well, one of my favorites, we'll say, um... He can do honorable mentions, too. Okay, um, and Black Belly of the Tarantula. The first kill with the girl in the yellow. Is is that fucking, what's her name? Uh... She was one of the Bond girls. Uh, I can't remember what her name is off the top of my head. But um, the dog's barking. She's freaking out. She goes outside to look. She comes back in, and the dude shows up and puts the needle in the back of her neck. And she just oh, yeah. there. Uh, he stabs her in the stomach, and the blade is, like, cutting backwards, but it's still cutting or whatever. Um... <clears throat> that one was just great the build-up for it was great the kill was great and the reason why i think i like this one most out of the film is because i had never seen anything quite like that before ever so seeing him do that and then you find out afterwards that she was alive the whole time the cutting was happening just makes it so much more brutal it's just it's a a really good one that i enjoy yeah, yeah, I definitely that considered Barbara, that
1: one.
2: Barbara Bouchet, I think.
0: There you Barbara go.
1: Barbara Boucher, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 not, like you not mentioned, sure. the whole fact of like that she was paralyzed, you kind of have to consider when you're thinking about this scene, and uh, the yeah, the the brutality, how slowly he cut her, and then yeah. uh, before that, like the needle going in. So you just, he was just, you know, playing with her, like you said, like. Well, just what the title of the movie comes from, is like a, an insect with its prey.
0: And it's just too, like, I love that apartment. Uh-huh. So, or that house or whatever you want to call it. So just everything on top of everything was just great. And she was yeah. trying to hide the fact that she was um, not a natural blonde by dyeing all of her hair on her body <laughs> instead of just the hair on top of her head, unlike Mimsy Farmer. <clears throat> <laughs> which we'll talk about at a later date i'm sure oh. but um but yeah good stuff cool so what's your number dose eric
1: well all right moving around to this one uh maybe creep will appreciate brunhilde from bay of blood yes <laughs> Getting oh, the yeah. bill hook to the throat uh, just her as a character in general was, you know, obviously a lot of fun. And then that scene is probably—I mean, that, this whole movie is chock full of more like slasher-esque kind of kills, which obviously people have was uh, stolen in other future slasher films. So I could have picked any number of them from this film, but I just like this one like the most overall, just because of that murder weapon, and it is one of the more brutal, bloody ones in the film. Yeah. And it's and it's brutal, Hilda.
0: Yeah. Who um, was going against type and making sure she was bald down south during uh-huh. that period of the 70s, which was quite bizarre in its own right. Side for sure. But, like, honestly, like as much as this movie, like, I haven't been the biggest fan of it, let's say, like, I, you have to give this movie a ton of credit for kind of influencing so many people. You know, because yeah, like you've seen these kills shot almost shot for shot the same way in a bunch of movies. So, regardless on if you like the movie or not, um, you got to give credit where credit's due. And that kill is amazing. Yep. Agreed.
1: Yeah, I knew I had to get this movie in here somewhere, so I wanted to pick one. I actually one that. had
0: that on my top 10 list, too, for that reason. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I wanted to bring it up in a conversation, but.
0: Yeah. Is it or my turn? to Chris's turn. Oh, it's me. Or, okay.
1: I don't mean. Yeah, you wanted to be last, remember?
2: Yeah.
0: I want everyone's sloppy seconds.
2: <laughs> okay, so um, this is going to be um, another one, unfortunately, that Eric probably hasn't seen. Um, Creep, did you see Opera? You said you did see yeah. Opera, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So my number two pick is in Opera. Um, the character that Daria Nicolodi plays. Yeah, dude. <laughs> there's a scene where she sticks her eye up to the peephole to see who's on the other side of the peephole, and the guy just shoots his gun, and a bullet is animated, like, basically just flying right through the peephole, right into her eyeball, and then out the back of her eyeball, and shatters like a phone in, in the back of the frame, and it's just... It, it, it was so unexpected because they're they're sitting in, in – they, they think there's a killer. Um, they're hiding from the killer. And then the police officer comes up, st- uh, comes up the steps and he knocks on the door and he says, see, it's me. Here's my badge. Here's my gun. And they're like, wait a minute. I don't think it's really you. And then all of a sudden he just sticks the gun up to the peephole, shoots it. The bullet goes flying through the peephole in like macro – I don't know how Argento did this but yeah. he did some kind of macro thing and then it just it, it's it just goes right through her eyeball and then like I said it hits a hits something in the background I think it was a telephone but, but uh it just comes out of nowhere just total surprise um fantastic Argento murder scene I mean whether you like opera or you don't um that's probably the highlight of the whole film <laughs> Definitely I really love that I really love that scene
0: It looks super cool and like the way they show the bullet going through the peephole itself it's almost it's not like ray Har- harryhausen looking it's like it looks good but it looks obviously like there's a slow bullet moving through a little tunnel you know it it's a cool shot how they did it for sure
2: right and there's a little bit of like broken glass that falls falls away like as as the bullet breaks through the peephole yeah. glass pretty it's pretty interesting really neat. And it, nope. it, it does come as quite a shock. Yeah, except for Eric, who will be waiting for it. Yeah, and even <laughs> well, then, actually,
0: I bet you a hundred bucks, dude, you'll sit yeah. there and see it, and it'll still shock you when it happens.
1: <laughs> actually, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen this movie, but it's probably the one I've heard the most about of the Argento ones. I've still yet to see, just like the you know the scenes with the needles and the eyes and everything like that. And I had kind of read up on this one, this scene, because of. How he kind of did something similar to it in Four Flies towards the end of that film with the slow motion bullets and stuff. So, oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I did hear a little bit about it when I was reading about that film. So, I am looking forward to just seeing that and I hope that I am surprised.
0: It's a good movie. I didn't like the ending, it should have ended like 15 minutes earlier. And the music, I thought that was the beginning of like. His movies having kind of shit music in them yeah i think
2: i agree <laughs> it well he tried to do like a, another kind of metal thing which kind of worked okay in uh phenomena in creepers but it didn't work really well in, in opera so but the rest of the the rest of the music in the movie was kind of odd and just weird and, and misplaced so. yeah
0: Well, I have been trying to stay away from Argento in my list, because when I was making my list initially, it was all Argento stuff, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, like, I gotta come up with other things, and um, one of the ones that, I'm I'm having a hard time picking which one from this movie, but um, uh, I think I'll go, okay, so Blood and Black Lace. I love this movie so, so much anyway, just because of how everything pops in it. The color is ridiculous. I I don't, I can't even think of another movie that the color is so poppy. I I hope that makes sense to people listening, but it's like, it was like so fucking ridiculous technicolor, like on acid. Like it just looks amazing. But there's two i'm not gonna do two, i'll just do one okay so the bathtub the death and blood and black lace it comes out of nowhere kind of because you're watching the movie and something's going on and then i it like cuts and then all of a sudden this girl's underwater like her face is going underwater kind of thing so like there's not a whole lot of build up to it really and um the look on her face because the camera's underwater looking up at her the look on her face is just amazing and she looks it just it looks so fucking cool and he's just drowning her in the bathtub she's flipping her arms all over the place um well okay i'll keep saying he so he then the killer i'll say the killer the killer um like after she's been drowned puts her in the bathtub And then um, tries to pull a towel out and can't get it, so we're just like, ah, fuck it, I'll just leave it there. And then um, slices her wrist to make it look like a suicide or whatever. And, um, or maybe just to really make sure she's dead. I don't really know. But it just, and the way the blood, like, floats in the water up towards her face, just, it's, I don't wanna say it's beautiful, because obviously you should never say killing someone is beautiful, but. This scene, like, I, I, it's hard to not see the beauty in all right. the color and how it's done. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think
2: I. And, I, know and I what...
3: What... Oh, Did ahead. you hear that
2: crazy no. noise I just made? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I. I, 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 I. Are
1: you go trying ahead. to get some out of your mouth, out of your throat? He's yeah. like,
2: Jerry Lewis, everybody, Jerry Lewis.
0: <laughs>
3: lady, nice lady.
2: Go ahead, Eric. I, I don't even I was remember gonna what to say,
1: say, say now. I, I think I know what uh, what the other kill is that creep might might have picked from this movie, but I do think, yeah, that the one that you did go with um, is a very memorable one. And and there isn't, you know, it's not a knife going into a, a body, but it it's still very. Um, I mean, you got the blood coming out of the mouth, and like that image of her like her eyes opening up underwater. Oh my God. You just know what I mean. If you've been, you know, you have a brother, someone dunking you underwater, you know how horrifying that experience can be. Thinking that you'll never be let back up, and I was usually
0: sure.
1: I'm a yeah, just look, like looking into her eyes. It's like, oh, it makes it that much more brutal.
0: But I mean, for 1964 or 63, yeah. like, was it 64? This
1: one is 64,
0: yeah. Yeah, it, it's so fucking brutal, dude. It is such a brutal
1: fucking movie. Yeah. it is but then the it, colors it, and everything like i said make up for it totally
2: I did it again <laughs> all i was going to say was when you're talking about the colors and stuff it's it's really like um it's it's really like Suspiria almost in, in how saturated it is with its color scheme but it's instead of it being like uh, the colors lending themselves to it being supernatural it's just it just the colors and the saturation, just and the lighting, and you know, it, there's there's something about the way a Bava film looks that I've never been able to, like no one ever has been able to kind of um, kind of replicate that in, in, in anything that I've ever seen. Even even Bava, I think, had trouble replicating it in some of his films. Yeah. Um, it, and I know that like there's there's scenes where. You know, there's scenes in inside, in that film, inside the, um, in, in the uh, fashion house, when basically all the stuff is going on all at the same time, and I guess they're probably using some kind of steadicam thing, or maybe something on a dolly, or some kind of tracking uh, camera movements, but it's just, it's unbelievable, like that, the way that, how technically brilliant that film is, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. I think, too, like... I, I, I don't think it was Technicolor. I think it was Eastman that did the
0: color on that. I could be wrong on it. But I really think that there was like a period in the mid 60s. Because there are other movies that have that same, like, kind of fake Crayola looking color. But I just think it works so much better in this because of how dark the movie is. So when those colors come out, they pop like crazy. But right. there, there had to have been, like, there, just the mid-60s. Because if you even go into the late 60s, the color is not that extreme. But there's a lot of movies that kind of came out in that period, like, mid-60s there, that do have that ridiculous color. But I just think because of how dark, how much black is in this movie on top of that color... It just makes those colors shine through like gangbusters, crazy. Right. So there's that. Cool. Very cool.
1: All right. So numero uno's. All right, I'm going uh, Sergio Martino. Going torso. Uh, probably the the scene in the movie that sealed this one as being one of my early favorites, right out of the bat, right out of the uh, gate, is uh, the one where. The, the masked killer is stalking, uh, what's her face, big lips through the,
3: through the, the wood. woods.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, she's just the way he, I mean, she knows that he's he's stalking her. She falls over, trying to crawl away. And just, he's kind of playing with her. Like I mentioned before, it's like a, a predator stalking the prey before they kill it. And then he finally does, you know, get the, get the sharp object out and, and stab her. But then on top of that dunks her head into the water so you get the double whammy of you know getting an object into your body and then having to drown as well out in the woods and like the music over it I don't know if that's the original music or or whatever but uh, just the whole when I think about a kill scene I think of everything that's together in that and it's different than most yellow because it's you know outside it's in the woods but even that it still felt like it was you know very very stylistic and debaucherous in how it was done super that's on my list
0: yeah I agree, I agree. Great.
1: <laughs> Creep I have to admit I, I read your list
0: it, apparently but that's fine because like that one like the fact <laughs> and I give her a lot of credit too because that was like I remember when we did Torso we even talked about it Like, that was some muddy-ass water, and that's dirty water. And she went face-down into it. Probably got ringworm, or some sort of hookworm, or some sort of parasite. She probably had diarrhea for, like, days after that, you know? That's probably why she didn't do a whole lot of acting, and she started moving behind the camera after Uh her her little jally run there. But, um... So
1: fuck that.
0: Yeah, but it's filthy, (laughs) and she did it.
1: So good Good for her. So... That's my number. What, what do you got, Chris?
2: Alright, I'm gonna have to pick one. Uh, man, I got a bunch that it like in my top three. Um Okay. Um my number one is gonna be from the film Tenebrae. I'm waiting for the huh. No,
0: because uh-uh. that's on my list too But I didn't want to do Argento So, yeah
2: <laughs> From the film Tenebrae The scene where Jane Is um, Sitting at the table Holding the gun it's, it's, it's thundering It's lightning, it's raining She's waiting for I guess I think she's waiting for Dario Nicolotti's character To come over because they had just spoken on the phone all of a sudden this axe comes through the window and chops off half of her arm and she just screams and this just fan of blood just comes gushing squirting out almost like a kung fu movie yeah uh, sprays the entire you know she she jumps up from the, the 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 chair uh holding her arm um sprays this ridiculous amount of blood in a big fan across the the wall falls on the ground. The killer comes back in and axes her a few more times, and and then she's done. But uh, again, I think I'm, I think the theme for, um, my top three seems to be, and I didn't do this on purpose, but this, the the theme for my top three seems to be kind of like the caught you off guard kind of murder. Yeah. Um, yeah sudden kills. Like, uh, you know, the bullet through the peephole and even the girl in the shower in Strange Vices, kind of like a quick in and out, down and dirty kind of thing. Um, and when we get to honorable mentions, it looks like um, it's the same thing. You know, the, the, the few that I have left on the list that we haven't talk, talked about yet. But um, yeah, that's that's got to be my, my number one because it's, it's, um, it's one of the ones where I have like a, a, a sorted. I have a sordid history with Tenebrae simply because, um, for the longest time, that film was only available in a s- censored version in the United States. As under, on a v- <laughs> as yeah, as insane un- on VHS. Yeah. And that whole that whole scene was gone; was was cut out um, with the with the axe and the blood and everything. But then they put out a do- documentary called um, Dario Argento's World of Horror and they showed that scene and they showed that scene they also showed the uned the the, the uncut version of the the luma crane shot where they um go out the, where the camera goes out one window and goes all the way to the top of the building yeah. and then back down the other side of the building so um you know it, it's unfortunate because i think most of the argento that i've seen has been ruined for me because i've either seen it in a documentary or i've seen it like uh, out of context but that particular scene was in that documentary and I'm like oh man that's the part we were missing you know um so when I finally got I think I got a copy on laserdisc to, to if I really want to be geeky we'll talk about the laser discs that I bought uh, when I was going through my Argento phase um and finally got a chance to, to, to see that scene it was like yay I, you know finally have it in its context is pretty cool but um yeah, Tenebrae. I think I think most of the Argento films that I've seen have have that weird kind of thing where um, I didn't see all of it, or, or I saw pieces of it, or I saw a censored version. I think Bird with the Crystal Plumage was really the only one that was really available in the United States. Um, Suspiria wasn't for the longest time. Uh, Inferno was. Uh, Deep Red was totally totally censored. Uh, Four of flies obviously you could never find, and cat of nine tails, again another one. So um, I'm digressing, but uh, yeah, that that kind of is the epitome of um, the Argento murder s- sequence, where it's just like it's a shock, it's a surprise, it's over the top, it's really gory, um, and uh, so yeah. I, if I would
0: have if I uh, would have had Argento on my list, that was my number one for
2: sure. Groovy. So you blacklisted Argento just to make sure that we didn't... um...
0: I just figured that both of you would be picking Argento and everything, but um, it it (laughs) didn't go directly as planned, but
2: um, I was pretty close. Yeah, you're right. I picked two out of three, and and Eric Eric picked one, so...
0: Yep. Hell yeah. (laughs) Have you seen that, Eric? oh man that is a, that's <laughs> a really really good
1: movie I really really like that film
0: uh, yep.
1: that's, that's why I'm looking forward to the fall and I have nothing to watch I'll have some time to oh sit down. man <clears throat> you'll have
0: a ton of stuff to watch especially Sister of okay. Ursula
1: well I probably, probably have watch to watch that yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully I'll have to watch it for the next show <laughs> so what's your number one eric
0: or wait you already did your number one it's my turn right yeah holy crap balls. well i stole so many from you but yeah. so i suppose well, i think it's your. <laughs> actually um <laughs> uh i need to change my number one i think so um last minute correction here um my number one is from a kind of obscure film called iguana with the tongue of fire and um, (laughs) the opening kill in this movie this chick is like in a dark house she's like looking around doesn't know what the fuck's happening she thinks someone's in the house she opens a door and then someone throws a fucking bottle of acid in her face and it just starts melting her face and then the killer swings a razor at her and slashes her throat Um, that just like one two punch was pretty badass for me I enjoyed
2: that (laughs)
0: Chris, you're laughing like you think it's crazy. Do you like that movie? No,
2: no, the funny part about that is that I've never watched that movie all the way through. I've only watched it as far as that first scene. <laughs> so I know that, that I know that particular murder sequence you're talking about, but I have no idea about anything else uh, with regards it's, to the It's
0: really cool because so. the dude who um, was Oliveri or whatever in your vice, and he was in Bay of Blood. Uh, right. That that guy's like the hero guy in this movie, and the dub gives him like a Irish accent. It's just oh, amazing. Oh yeah,
2: because I think it takes place in Dublin, or supposed to takes place in Dublin. Yeah. Right? Well, I, it yeah. goes to
0: Dublin. I think they go to Zurich because there's a really cool um, bobsledding accident in it as well, which <laughs> is pretty amazing. <laughs> but um, it's just it's a fun little piece. Awesome. Yeah, good times so there's a bunch of kills yeah you gotta watch it it's
1: fun such a cheerful topic (laughs) next
0: time we'll do top five love scenes top three love scenes and that'll get us back to um, beautiful times and really fun stuff and then I can get out my voice and talk like this
1: uh, top three weird things in fridges
0: yeah like uh (laughs) snails that's cargo <laughs> so i guess um i don't know there's there's a few things here one we couldn't find a soundtrack for this movie so um the music playing underneath is probably going to be a jallow chow chow greatest hits compilation um two i can't find any clips of english for this movie and three the trailer for this movie is
1: pretty bad to listen to. You're right. So I think so I found something just... where Eli Eli Roth narrates over the trailer. I don't know if you want to put that in.
0: Oh yeah, let's put that in there because you know Eli Roth knows all.
1: So yeah, let's As do I say that. I don't think he'll have very many fans that are listeners of our show. So does Does he say anything worthwhile? Yeah, he he's just a talks big about
4: this particular film. Yeah. Okay, well then, yeah, put it on. Hi, I'm Eli Roth. Welcome to Trailers from Hell. Today we'll be taking a look at one of my favorite Jallo films, kind of a lost movie that Jallo fans really kind of love. It's a great movie, Pupiavati's The House with a Laughing Window. The Italian Jallo films, that is one of my favorite, favorite subgenres of film. Um, But it's also the kind of genre that, if you don't know it, it can be a bit daunting to sort of dive in, and you kind of don't know where to begin. There, there, it's kind of like the American slasher film. If you, there's so many slasher movies that if you weren't into slasher films and you saw a bad one first, you kind of wouldn't be into it. Um, Pupi Avati, this director, is actually a terrific director. He does a, a lot of, a lot of mostly non-horror films. He Did a film called Zader, and he was one of the writers on Pasolini's Salo. Um, he directed this superb, beautiful, creepy film and you can tell by the titles that it's an Italian it was never released in America the House of the Laughing Windows One of the things about Jallo films is that uh, they have amazing titles the Red Queen kills seven times Your Vice is a locked room and only eye of the key Strip nude for your killer seven blood-stained Orchids I mean they really like they really go for it in the title uh, and this movie is a religious themed Jallo film there are a few of those Lucio Filci made, did an amazing giallo. Well, obviously did Seven Notes in Black, but uh, Don't Torture a Duckling is kind of based with some killings that are sort of based around the church. And this is about a guy who goes to restore a painting. Um, and it, they're, you know, it's sort of the, the it's kind of evil church people in the film, which is a very controversial subject matter, uh, you know, today, but especially in Italy in the 70s. Um, but, you know, the, the giallo films, it, it's you know, they were really the precursor to the American slasher film. You know, they sort of didn't know who the killer was. The the type of violence, the stabbing, um, that kind of really came over into American slasher films in the late 70s and 80s. And this is sort of mid-70s. But, like, if you're a fan of American slasher films, you would know, the, the fans know the movie The Prowler. Now, The Prowler isn't like a mainstream movie, but for slasher movie fans, that's like really, really a pet genre film. And for Jala movie fans, uh, a film like The House of the Laughing Windows is, is considered amongst the best. Uh, really, Mario Bava and Dario Argento are, you know, the masters of the giallo and Lucio Fulci made superb giallos and there are a lot of great ones like Black Belly of the Tarantula with Barbara Boucher. But if you're kind of looking to get into a particular genre, um, this is a great place to start. It's beautifully photographed. It's got really, really, really creepy music. It kind of keeps you guessing up until the end. It's, it's almost got a don't look now kind of feel to it. Um, you know, the trailer has lots of slow motion stuff and flashback, which is this guy's kind of restoring this painting, and the, you know, the painter always did lots of violent paintings and lots of things dealing with death, and these are kind of the images he's experiencing. Um, but when, I remember when I made Hostile, I actually sat down with uh, my DP and we watched House of the Laughing Windows, because I thought the, the way it was photographed, the, the lights, the darks, it's really, it's really a spectacular film. Um, And I love 70s titles where they do kind of a freeze frame like that Um, and just see it stylized. But you can tell the fact that these are all in Italian means it was never released in America. But it is now on DVD and you should definitely, definitely check it out.
1: And we're back. That was super great. Eli Roth ladies and gentlemen thanks for letting me letting me play that for everyone
2: (laughs) (laughs) do you guys have any um, desire to see his cannibal movie coming out um I think it's out
0: next. desire and
1: curiosity are probably two different things so I'll go with curious
0: I'll probably see it um and since I have super low expectations I'll probably maybe enjoy it But my problem with Eli Roth is that I feel like he has absolutely no substance to anything. And he has like a bunch of special effects scenes. And then he's like, Oh, let's build a movie around this. Let's build a movie around this scene. Oh shit. I don't have any dialogue. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a bro and I like to party and have sex and do drugs. So we'll just be like me and my friends talking for 45 minutes and then (laughs) the movie will happen. So it's like, in general I'm not like a huge fan of how he tells stories you know his movies look good to a certain extent but I'm just not a fan of him as a storyteller I'm a fan of him as he is a fanboy. but um and then there was one altercation that I kind of lost respect for I don't know if I should actually talk about it but um there was an altercation industry (laughs) secrets it's not really a secret it just oh. it, it made me like kind of sour my whatever what, what someone say something so I don't keep talking you, you became a sourpuss oh. yeah it was just like
1: yeah well that movie that he introduced is the house with the laughing windows it's from 1976 the movies about 106 minutes and I if you guys are like me, you probably only found the Italian language one with uh, English subtitles. There's no dubbing or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think... Is they, there a dubbed version? I don't think I don't they ever think dubbed they this one. So... No, I don't think... You know. yeah, Fucking that's, Shameless. That's what you get. From Shameless Productions. Yeah, don't they have a guy sitting in the back that could have just done all the voices? He's probably not some paper pusher. <laughs> probably. probably. I have it on in
0: the background right now, and I'm pretty sure that the hero of this movie has never actually um, had intercourse with a woman before. (laughs) Is he having sex with her belly button? He just doesn't look like he's familiar with the female persuasion.
1: So, continue. Well, uh, how do we want to tackle this plot first? Do we want to go through the... uh...
0: Yeah, plot it up. Let's figure out what the fuck
1: this movie's about.
0: Because in case you were wondering, it's not about a house with laughing windows.
1: Well, yeah, it's they don't laugh per se, but it's got some smiley faces on them. But the whole thing—it's like a Twizzler commercial on the back of a building. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that's some old commercials right there. (laughs) Now it's more like the Dairy Queen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically, this is just kind of an exercise in building suspense and building dread. Uh, you've got the title "House with Laughing Windows," so you, I think this is one I picked for like one of my favorite Giallo titles. And as we, we came to learn with it, it's not really, it doesn't really capture the mood of this film. Um, basically, the plot of it is this guy Stefano has been brought in, and he's an outsider, so, I don't know, I guess he gets some JAL points for that on the jail score. Yep. Maybe. But, he uh, got the foreigner <laughs> he, check. Absolutely. So, but, yep, he gets brought in. He's, a, he's an expert painter, apparently, so he gets brought into this little village to restore a fresco in this church that has, has uh, sort of gone di- dilapidated, and apparently the church itself had uh, burned down or been destroyed, they had to rebuild it six times or something like that which made me wonder how they, they kept the painting. But the beginning of it all starts, this is very odd, very different opening. Um, because the, the fresco that he's restoring is actually from this mythical painter that lived in the village that nobody really knows what happened to. And uh, instead of getting, you know, the, the swirling musical score and then the, I don't know, two people making love through a filtered lens... We've got this or three person, people. or three people, you know, on a shade carpet. Instead, it's this guy hanging up from his arms, getting stabbed in the side with daggers. And it's this kind of unsettling music playing in the background, um, this discordant piano. And then all of a sudden, this voiceover comes in, this breathless whispering about someone's talking about his colors. And uh, something that, I guess, creep led into the show with... So we, we learn that he's, I guess he's signifying that he's a painter and he's martyring himself almost like he's dying for his art. Almost, I don't know, very, very vague, very bizarre opening to this movie. But that's kind of how we opened it up. Uh, did, you, did you guys like that opening? Chris?
2: Me color. Um, yeah, I, I, I I think, um, I think Eric is, is spot on. I mean, it's a very, uh, it's very unsettling. It's not, uh, your typical, um, you know, Jalo, uh, you know, uh, entry, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, starting up, uh, sequence with, with the, uh, opening sequence with, Yeah, I mean, most of the time, um, these, these giallos seem to start out with, um, typically, you know, a car driving through the urban landscape, um, that more than anything is, is usually the way these things start or, or, or it's something, something that would be highlighting the, the outside, the outdoors for the most part. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, um, and thinking of Argento, think, thinking of um, the Martino films, thinking of even even um, the even uh, Don't Torture a Duckling starts with uh, the great big um, highway, super highway that's cutting through the land. So this is definitely something different. It's you know you've got these sepia tones and. Um, you know this really brutal, kind of hard to watch. Let's just kind of stick a knife into this guy's chest and listen to him scream. And um, so it, it's it's definitely different. Uh, it's it's something that you probably weren't expecting if you were um, a Jalo, you know, somebody who who is has gotten used to the genre. So um, I don't know if I like the opening. It's hard to say the word "like" when you're talking about this opening sequence. I, 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 I think it's effective. Let's let's call it effective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's well done. It's effective, but it's very squirm-inducing.
0: I mean, it, the whole point in the opening of a movie is to get someone interested to watch the rest of the movie. And, um, like, if I didn't know what this movie was and I was just flipping through channels and I popped on this and I saw that opening, I don't know if I would necessarily continue to watch the film after that. But it was, sitting down knowing what I'm watching, it was enough to get me to want to continue
1: viewing, I guess, if that makes any sense. It's like you walked into a nightmare or something (laughs) close It's like you walked into something
0: you weren't supposed to walk into. Like, like you actually... It's kind of like this character. This character, through the whole movie, is someone who just kind of allows something... He just allows shit to happen to him. He, like, will enter a room and witness a scene. And then he has to react to whatever is going on. And, um you kind of feel like that you you're walking into seeing someone getting murdered while some psycho freaking voice recordings playing in the background saying shit that doesn't make any fucking sense. And you're like, uh, shit. Like, like what do I do
1: now? So, Yeah. 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 The, uh, the major portion of the film or the beginning of the film anyway is, is one of those exercises in name, memorization and keeping track of this bloated cast, but um, Stefano's in the middle of it all, so he's getting to know all these different characters in this secluded village. I think the, uh, I don't know if he was a mayor or something like that, the uh, the vertically challenged guy. Tiny Salami? <laughs> yes, Tiny Salami.
2: Tiny Salami.
1: He's uh, he's talking about how no tourists come to the village anymore. Uh, they They don't really have any things for people to see. So that's one of the reasons why he wants to get this fresco restored. And so that's one of the guys we meet. We meet uh, Antonio, which is one of Stefano's friends who apparently has some secrets about the village. So there's a lot of these, guys, these people. Um, Coppola or Coppola, I don't know how he pronounced his name, but he's got some secrets. Yeah, Francis Ford, Coppola. They've all got, they've all got dirty little secrets about the town. And then there's those who would rather you know keep hush hush about it not talk about it including the uh the i don't know the hotel or the no he was a business owner um the restaurant owner right his, his wife who's kind of weird and doesn't talk and throws flower petals around
2: <laughs>
1: so yes i, I have was... to
2: oh, go, go ahead finish your thought eric
1: yeah, just uh, just kind of setting up the next few sequences of the film. He, he's set up in this pretty bland apartment. So once again, like you mentioned, Chris, not a lot of colors being seen in this film. And uh, he meets a teacher who's also kind of an outsider in, t- in the town. But they uh, they kind of get it on for some reason out of nowhere. She puts sugar in the tea to impress him, I guess. But yeah, he's he's just kind of getting to know these people and getting getting started on his work with this go and uh, learning more about this painter who's supposedly inspiring him
2: but they don't actually get it on all the way right I think they're supposed to
0: and we're supposed to because it's like the next morning when they're uh-huh. getting up to get ready or whatever so I, I think again another reason why I think this guy has no idea how to work a vajayjay but um maybe he thought he did you know maybe he thought that was him finishing the job i don't know it looked ridiculous <laughs> yeah
2: i doesn't I, he like yeah,
0: say she has a sad I, I, face yeah you have a sad up. face that's my pickup line
2: i kind of thought that like they never did anything like they like he didn't take his clothes off they just kind of laid on top of each other and then got up again there's just like there's this big wide angle shot of the whole room yeah and the two of them are on the bed together and then and then later on the film he tells the younger girl that they never did anything
0: right well he says he doesn't say anything and she says by your silence i'm assuming that means you banged her in whatever dialect he gets called, kind of mad like. about it yeah yeah and he's like bitch i'm trying to cook you stew
2: didn't I he say we said. stopped? I thought he said we stopped.
0: I think he meant we stopped seeing each other. But oh, okay. I think it was because she left. <laughs> I he was trying to. he was trying to go see her, and then frickin' um, Little Orphan Annie opened the door, and he's like, ooh, who are you? You're much younger and more attractive than the old bag I was shagging earlier. This might be okay. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, stranger, come on inside. I have snails in my fridge. I'm gonna go to bed now. And he's like, okay. So, yeah. I
2: think the, I think the two of them I think the two of them had an instant kinship because they were both foreigners, they were both younger, and um, they were both kind of you know they were kind of outsiders, so they so they really kind of they just had a kinship to the point where um, they were naturally attracted towards each other. That's what yeah, I think.
0: She's she's attracted sure. to men that kind of resemble Zach Galifianakis and have the. Um, witty way about them like Keanu
1: Reeves so yeah (laughs) she knows how to pick them plus he's an artist so yeah she knows he's not gonna have a lot of money but
2: and the thing I was gonna say um, Eric is that you did mention that there was uh, a lot of exposition in the beginning here with trying to keep track of the people and um, and everything I have that. um, I really didn't keep track of anybody and I don't think it, it, it ruined it for me. Like I didn't really like in going in, in thinking back to the film and, and what was going on in the film. I don't remember being that concerned with names and, and, and places and people. I think it's because, you know, in a typical Jallo, um, You kind of need to remember who's who because you know who got killed and who's double crossing who and which person is the killer which person could could be the killer which person is the the detective and in this film it's it's really not that important it's well it's important uh, kinda with
0: the old lady in the bed right because even after like i don't want to get into spoiler territory so soon but after you find out who's been killing people like, there, it was still like two scenes later before I realized who the fuck that was. Like, it didn't click when I saw that person, if oh, that really? makes sense. Yeah, I had no idea that they were the same person.
1: Huh. Yeah, I think my problem is, and I think you kind of touched upon it, is I've been so trained to have to, you know, pay attention to names and faces, and, and especially in scenes when, like, Stefano's meeting with this restaurant owner, Mr. Poppy, and, uh, learns you know the background of this painter like nani i don't know how to pronounce that name but nani or something and uh poppy tells him about how like his wife was affected by previous relationship with this painter and he learns about how this guy had difficulties getting women to pose nude for him he would like paint himself and then put boobs on him or something like that yeah that was
0: just really odd yeah, that took
1: me a second, because that was, like,
0: the ugliest chick I've ever seen in that painting. Yeah.
1: And I was like, wow, then people I guess, really think this guy's good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I obviously don't want to get into spoiler territory either, but uh, the paintings does seem to make a little more sense once you get to the ending. But uh, before that, it's just really odd. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, this Mr. Poppy, he's going to be kind of like the wise old man who knows everything. And then he doesn't really show up for the rest of the movie, it's kind of like this Coppola guy takes over, and he's all of a sudden the the one guy in the village who knows the secrets and is willing to talk about it, whereas everyone else is kind of hush-hush. Um, at one point, Stefano gets kicked out of the hotel that he's staying at, because they say that these people are moving in, and they need the room, and, uh, I don't know, she, this hotel owner comes up with all these crazy excuses, and which he later finds out are all lies. Because he she heard uh, on the phone with uh, the see this guy is someone who should
0: never answer a phone nothing good ever (laughs) comes from him picking up a telephone ever if I was him I would stay the fuck away from telephones
1: yeah your mother's not calling you so just yeah yeah it's all bad news don't answer right um yeah and then uh I feel like when he's talking with he was talking with that little altar boy the kind of the town crazy Lydio. um Video you know, Ritazio. Yeah, he, he's the one that kind of gets him up, gets in this new place that you were talking about with the old woman living upstairs. And uh, so he's he's kind of riding through the countryside with him. This guy's talking about boiling mice. I don't know, he seems really Yeah. Odd, if really... you don't
0: know who, like what kind of guy he is, if you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the hitchhiker from Texas uh-huh. Chainsaw Massacre could have been this guy. Could the same yeah. guy, right? Easy, yeah.
1: So yeah, I feel like they are they set up these scenes in the middle, we're like in the middle of the movie now, and then these characters just kind of taper off and you don't really get to see it very much of them again. So that's what I was saying when I was kind of like needing to pay attention to all these characters and then kind of left hanging on them.
0: Well, the thing that makes this movie different, I think, too, is that <clears throat> it's kind of like, like Twin Peaks or The Wicker Man, like the town and the town's secrets are a big character in the movie you right. know what i'm saying so like he comes in and just everyone in the town knows something that he doesn't uh-huh you know and That's i true. almost feel like you need to have that many characters just to kind of prove that point and the point isn't really hit home until the very end of the movie when he's trying to get help you know what i'm yeah. saying and we right won't spoil any more than that but um just like everyone seems to
1: know something yeah it, putting it that way that's actually yeah, a good point to think about the the secret being the character and then all these people are just sort of there as props to you know build it up as being this horrific village secret which is yeah like the wicker man or like a Stephen King story or something like that but so he gets to this house, moves into this large mansion off in the middle of nowhere, and uh, he starts to learn or hear all these weird noises and find weird things throughout the house. He comes up to an attic, which looks like it belonged to some kind of an artist. And then uh, this is where he finds the recorder of the, the tape that we heard at the beginning of the film. And this is enough to give him the willies to go running back into town. and. To the loving arms of the teacher who he was dry humping earlier and he's not even at
0: all concerned that there's a giant bag
1: swaying back and forth in the room yeah like <laughs> oh that must reading. be normal i was reading something someone's like huck what was in that bag what was in that bag like that was never answered
0: i'm pretty sure that that's just a counterweight for hanging people
1: <laughs> no
0: i think I don't know. Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. There's
1: probably a lot of clues in this film I feel like that I missed on the first watch. I think someone brought up the fact that you can kind of see if you know things about formaldehyde and know the ending of this film, then you kind of know there's like things throughout the film that signifies someone's using formaldehyde in the house. Mm. So. Is that why there's that white shit on the ground out in front? Yeah. Because that's where they dump it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, things like that. So, yeah, and then other well, Whoever that wrote that is a fucking
0: time. scary motherfucker if they know enough about formaldehyde <laughs> to fucking.
1: <laughs> well, maybe you just need to take one semester of mortuary science or something. That Which is, they wouldn't that's... even let me do. Motherfuckers.
0: Really? Yeah, they said I didn't have the right mindset. When I went to college, because they said um, they asked me why I wanted to go into mortuary science. And the reason was, was because my stepdad ran one of the biggest mortuary chains. So I had a job immediately, but I didn't really like people a whole lot. And I still kind of don't. And I figured I would be around people who wanted to talk to me. So how can I really get annoyed by it? <laughs> right. And that was the <laughs> wrong thing to say oh, to the yeah, guy. I should have left out. Yeah, but I thought of. that was like totally legit. I'm like, yeah, I just don't like fucking people at all. And the fewer people talking to
1: me, the better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder. I always wondered if they gave you some kind of psychological test. I
0: wish I would wish I have known that's what
1: was happening, because
0: I would have lied.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the tricky. Well, they tricked you.
0: Yeah, they totally tricked me. Fucking guidance counselors, bunch of fucking bastards.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh,
0: boy. Totally, totally derailed pa- everything. Sorry, guys. Yeah, before here's, here's we get into thing- creeps life.
2: Here's the thing I was going to ask. You know, the scene where... Um, wh- what is it? I can't remember now exactly, but he comes home and they tell him... Or at some point or another, somebody tells him that he's got to vacate because there's another guy coming and they yeah. need to use his hotel room right Yeah. and the next scene is where he goes off on the bike with the with the altar boy guy and they go to this to this house and then the scene after that he's packing up in his old hotel room and he finds out that that there really isn't anybody coming yeah and my question is i mean this is kind of a stupid common sense question but why didn't he just change you know oh there's nobody coming so why why am i why am i packing why don't i just stay here where there's you know it's not the middle of nowhere and you know i did, i, think am, he I being, knew, am i being am being crazy no i think what? he
0: knew she was listening in on the phone because he got the phone call and the guy's like
4: ah, i'm gonna kill you ah, ah.
0: and um then he hung up the phone and he turned and looked at the the front desk lady and she was hanging up the phone, and she's like, Yeah, um, sorry, your room's we had to give it to somebody else. So, I, I, I'm assuming that he probably had a feeling that something was awry, and then when the maid lady said, Yeah, that's bullshit, he just kind of kept his mouth shut, or he's just the biggest pussy in cinema, and that is also fine because his character is ridiculously flat, I think. But we can talk someone about that someone choking on some
1: tuna in the background?
0: Oh no, um, my um, neighbors uh, smoke Mary Jane out in the back, okay. and um, huh. one of my neighbors feels like you can't get high unless you're dying coughing after you're hit. So <laughs> okay. at all hours of the day and night, he's out there choking and coughing. It's fucking ridiculous and super annoying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry I pointed that out. Yeah, it's um, okay. Motherfucker
0: bot. what are you gonna do about it? Right. <laughs> At that point I'm like, dude, there's edibles. Come on. Fix yeah. this.
2: Get some vape.
0: There you go, dude, a fucking volcano. Alright.
1: Um, so yeah. yeah. So I don't have a good answer for that though, I guess. I don't yeah. I don't. Unless like maybe he was so enamored. Oh no, about the guy moving. Oh, he he okay. heard that there was no one moving in. Yeah, sorry to go back to the movie, but <laughs> I don't. Maybe maybe he just loved the old house being out in the wilderness. I don't know. He wanted a, a new change of scenery, some privacy. But then of course he just gets freaked out, and then uh, some other weird things are happening. His buddy Antonio, who he, he was saying is the guy that kind of brought him into town was the one that recommended him. He gets pushed out of a window and then we see a little shadow in the background. Actually, Stefano's the only one that sees the shadow. Everyone else of including the, uh, the police marshal thinks it was a suicide, so right. they, they want to sweep this out under the rug as quickly as possible. So just very odd things going on around here. Um, he gets into this new house and just, uh, I, I guess we got to the point where he rushed back and found the arms of Francesca, the more nubile girl, after hearing these odd sounds in the attic and seeing these weird paintings.
0: was now totally uh, in love with them, by the way. Right, yeah, it didn't take long. In case you missed that, yeah.
1: Well, like we said, they're both kind of these foreigners, so they probably latched on a lot faster. I don't know if that's tr- true to life, if that happens to tra- world travelers out there. Well, after seeing show, her panties... Um, she probably <laughs> needed to fucking
0: land whichever guy she could because that was, like, fucking Depends diapers right there. Those, yep. like, weren't even, yeah, not the best look. In fact, I don't know
2: well, if, if she's about... hot. Is she hot? I yeah, can't... I was going to say, I think she's pretty gorgeous, right? I mean, that's the scene where after she takes off the... what? what I mean, what even kind of brazier is that? I mean, it looked like... A, Something that you know you would wrap uh you would wrap around yourself like ten times before it was was on um but once once the all the clothes came off and she had had the just the sheet over her and she's kind of sitting there and she's 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 pretty beautiful I would she, say, she's you know. naturally pretty
0: because most of the girls in these movies again have a ton of makeup on and look great and all this other shit, and this girl just like rolls out of bed and looks like that. Yeah. You know, right. But um, there's just times when I can't tell if she's pretty.
1: Like, she's I, not a traditional Jello scream queen or anything like that. Especially it's with those fucking definitely. underwear,
0: dude. Right.
1: <laughs> that was the most ridiculous
0: underwear I've ever seen in my life, dude. Like you could use kind of that as sense. like a parachute, like if she was like jumping out of a plane. She's like, oh wait, hang on, let me get my panties out. And <laughs>
1: like, yeah, not not cute. <laughs> so yeah, she's the opposite of the uh, of the other teacher with her many many men and her many diseases in and her sad, yeah. her sad face, yeah, and her sad face. Right, this girl, she's you could tell she's pretty virginal, um, if the parachute underwear didn't give it away. But yeah, so he's he's got an attachment to her now. He's out fishing with the priest in these abnormally large fishing poles, which I think is one of my questions for Al. If he's ever sat on a dock with a fishing pole that large before in his life. With just a stick and a rope and a hook?
0: Yeah. Yeah. My question for Al is, are there, like, is it normal to have, like, really dilapidated buildings like that? And have it be, like, normal, like something you don't, like, try to fix up? Like there's a lot in this little village, like they would go inside and all the plasters cracking and falling off the walls, but it still seems like a nice place, Uh you know? And I know that probably a lot of the buildings there are way older than buildings here. Cause what a lot of people maybe just don't ever think about is that like where I live in Southern California, most of the places here are like the oldest places are like, maybe like 80 years old, you know, like, there's right. not a lot of old stuff. There is, like, there, you'll like, find every once in a while, like, something that's been there for a hundred years or something like that. But um, you don't have, like, ancient structures here by any means.
1: Right, right. Yeah, like, like Italy, probably like 800 years old, some of these buildings, if not more. So, yeah, he, this priest, I don't know. What, what, did you guys, I mean, Watching a jello film, you're you're trying to, you know, keep your eyes narrowed at certain people, like trying to figure them out a little bit. I kept thinking
0: the priest priest in this movie was gonna cut into like a butter commercial. Like he just didn't seem like a normal character. Like he just seemed like a like a comedian or something. Like I was just waiting for him to like turn to the camera and go. I can't believe it's not butter spray <laughs> or something like that. You know, just like
1: <laughs> yeah, he's an odd duck for sure.
0: So
2: free duckling. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He, he probably likes to torture some ducklings.
2: Yeah, yeah, You know, that's it's an interesting point because I mean, again, it's it's a jalo, so you see a priest and immediately um, immediately there's... suspicions <laughs> just come right out. Especially if um, you're
1: Captain,
2: but I don't think that happened with me. I, I think that uh, I had forgotten, you know, who he really was, uh, um, and uh, I think I, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Um, I didn't. He didn't arouse any suspicion with me, which is odd because you know, it's it's kind of a stereotype that um, that the priest is involved, that the priest is the killer, or what have you. So. Um, or it's just assume that a priest has a penis. Right. Yeah. You, you uh, assume that a priest would have a penis. That's correct. I would. Assume.
1: I, and yeah, maybe I a never, couple others that he could grab onto. I never will again after this.
3: <laughs> right.
1: So yeah. Yeah. Stefano goes home. But now Francesca is living in the house with him. She's. He catches her listening to the radio or the the recording of the the artist so he gets a little upset about this of course the uh the hothead that stefano is
0: yeah and then uh he calls her a bitch and then says he's sorry and she
1: kisses him yep. like a stupid and bitch i guess to kind of make up for it they have a, a lovely dinner uh he reads from cooking for love which uh i don't know the forerunner of eat pray love maybe kind of weird but he uh did you see yeah, the size is, of that ladle yeah. that ladle was
0: Damn. huge in that little tiny pot is that yeah. Um, yeah. Al are ladles really big in Italy because that was a huge ladle I've never it seen it was bigger than the pot there. I think wasn't it well it kind of fit in the hole unless he put a loop oh. on the sides of the ladle I don't know how the hell they got it in but um, <laughs> it, was,
1: it was a meaty fucking ladle yeah but uh, there's another Lately. red herring meaty right during there's another red herring during this that uh, she pulls out a a lighter and it has the initials BL on it which he finds odd because those are the initials of that painter and so he starts to wonder if she's in on this little secret I guess us as viewers are supposed to wonder that as well and uh, so that kind of leads into some questioning but this is the part when we finally get to see the house that creep is very upset that we didn't get to see more of he uh meets up with his buddy Coppola at the uh I guess he's like the limo driver of Solmi and uh he takes him you know they have some wine together share some secrets and then he takes him out to and he takes
0: a piss this, which was the weirdest piss scene I've ever seen in a movie like oh yeah by the, the way I'm gonna take a piss right now got it I'll wait and we're
1: back okay yeah so continue (laughs) your story (laughs) well wine just goes right through it through you sometimes i guess man (laughs) but yeah did anybody
2: did anybody else notice when he's got the recorder and finds it for the first time and plugs it in and then the electricity shorts out and then the recorder plays by itself or did i just I think Did I there was like that? a
0: surge or something. I don't know, because like whenever I've had things explode, they usually don't work after that.
2: If that's kind of what you're getting to, but, it just seemed um, to me like they were, tr- like I thought maybe there was some, some sort of supernatural thing going on, and clearly, you know, there wasn't any other supernatural thing happening, except for the. the I think it the was the just. Theme. Yeah, I think
1: it was just supposed to be scary. Oh, there's some there's definitely some gothic horror in this film that makes it a little different than a normal giallo film but yeah it was supposed to be a, kind of like a power surge i think and then maybe came back on or something i kind
0: of want to steal coppola's motorcycle with the cool bullet sidecar Side but, um, yeah that is one beautiful piece of machinery right there
1: yeah we don't get the normal fiat or anything like that in this film. But we do get the, the motorcycle and the side car. There's There's some rolls in this thing
0: too, right? And a Mercedes. There's some yeah. nice little
1: limos for
0: tiny salami. Good stuff.
1: Right. For tiny salami <laughs> style. So you were so. you were going to talk about Coppola with a shovel. Yes. The, he's, they're out at the house with the laughing windows. Um, he's telling them all these different things about how this Lenyani guy came across a dying woman and was painting her and that's how he got kind of his inspiration to paint dying people and uh, eventually it led to the, the fact that he had these two sisters who would do different things like grave robbing and, and stuff like that to present their brother with, with his inspirations for paintings and uh, to prove this they go out to this house and he's digging around he pulls up you know he digs up all these different bones around the house and uh Basically it tells him that finally one day this painter Lagani w- went insane, and uh, was presumed dead. I guess they said that he like was had started on fire. I don't know. Did they did they mention it was like a self-immolation or was it just like someone yeah, started he, him on fire? Yeah, he himself
0: on fire and then ran into uh-huh. the woods where there were no woods.
1: Sure. Yeah. So kind of like a Mario Bava Bay of Blood type situation. Just made up woods everywhere. Yeah i don't even
0: think there was made up woods they said woods but you just see him running through a field so eventually he made it to the woods and then he got to a woods yeah right he found a wood and disappeared next to it
1: right so yeah now that these sisters are involved in in this story things just keep getting weirder and weirder uh he Finds a picture of them that match, which now that I call finally...
0: bullshit on immediately. <laughs> there is no way in God's green earth that this stupid motherfucker finds a picture and is like, oh wow, this looks exactly
1: like the girls in the fucked up painting. That's crap, yeah. hands he, down. He finally restored the painting, and it's just the most god awful, ugly, like third <laughs> grade drawing of two girls. And then somebody okay. destroys it. Yeah, you know, it obviously gets destroyed because now that he's restored it, they're too recognizable, and uh, they want to get rid of you know that <laughs> evidence. So yeah, because I mean, but fuck, he's... you would totally know that right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think what they're trying to they're trying to draw the line between that and the fact that these girls were this picture of them was taken in Brazil, which, as we know from Italians, a lot of cannibalism goes on there. So maybe one of the first explorations into, you know, cannibalism in the, that area of the world in, a, in hmm. an Italian film. So hmm. something going on with these girls, you know, they're, that's where they learned the techniques that they had for, you know, keeping bodies alive or whatever, you know, for all their, their strange art that they were doing. Some bullshit, yeah. Yeah, some weird... Yeah, like Chris said, kind of maybe try to get into the supernatural realm a little bit too, because uh, a lot of stuff goes on, obviously in Brazil that we've we all learned from the movies. Trannies. <laughs> That's what I know about well, Brazil. We'll get to that part. A lot
0: of trannies. <laughs> um, Sorry, I didn't mean to stop you there. So um, yeah, then he gets at he comes home. This Yeah, he comes home and he finds his. Uh, his uh, chick with the big underwear hanging from a rope with a knife in her gut and um, yeah. screams a little bit and then walks over to her. A little bit? Well, yeah, he screams for a minute. <laughs> he just kind of stands there screaming. But. Um, the,
1: the thing that's kind of tragic about this is that they were actually planning to leave and he said, you know, just give me like another hour or two but of course he uses that time to do a continuous fucking, investigation a fucking
0: plot device used from the beginning of fucking movies dude like every fucking frankenstein movie the chick's like uh-huh. come on we gotta go and he's like okay and then he's like oh wait i can harness some power if i do this and then bad shit happens and right. <laughs> so like whenever the dude says hang on a sec." You know something fucked up's gonna go down, like bird with the crystal plumage and everything.
1: Like, yep. hang on a sec, I'll be right back.
3: <laughs> Did
1: that happen in the Crystal Pubis book? That that one book yeah. that, that guy wrote? Yeah. yeah. Uh, available on Amazon.
0: The <laughs> girl with the crystal pubis, shallow, shallow okay. number one. In case you're it's curious. To that
3: too.
1: Yeah. So this, yeah. For uh, Francesca, she's when she's left alone, she gets assaulted by none other than the town crazy, the um, town yeah. video so he's involved in all this. He's like, I'm making money. Yeah, she, making gets... <laughs> uh, yeah. She, she gets hung from the rafters and gutted. And uh, Stefano, of course, comes home to find her. Her bags are still there, but she's missing, and finds her up in that attic. And when they come back with the police. You know, this is the normal police procedural where she's missing. There's no blood or anything like that. He takes her out, to, takes them out to the house with the laughing windows. No bones are out there, even though they, they obviously dug up like a jawbone at one point. I'm just like, oh, it must be a bird's or something. Well, the funny thing, too,
0: is, is when they get in the car to drive away, there's like one guy holding a shovel, like who, I guess, didn't make it into the car. <laughs> And he's like walking to the car and then he tries to walk into the darkness. Like, oh shit, I didn't make it in the car in time. Let me (laughs) sneak out of the frame here.
1: (laughs) Uh, Get that boom uh, mic uh, out of here. Yeah, right? So, next body we find is Coppola floating in the water. So, he's been silenced. So, Stefano was just finding out that pretty much anyone he comes in contact with, he's just this bad luck omen, I guess. And uh, nobody has answers for him. And when he tries to, to, you know, get some help, I mean, he gets a call from someone who claims to be Francesca. So that's haunting in a way. And he's, you know, trying to run around. The, the tape recorder's been erased. Just all these different things going on. And every time he tries to ask for help, people kind of turn away from him. They lock the doors, shut the windows. And uh, Just uh, But yeah this is one of those typical Like you said like the You should have
0: Opala's fucking red motorcycle And gotten the fuck out of town The fact that his girlfriend That he's known for two minutes Now is in love with him and wants to run away with him She's dead he dodged a bullet He doesn't have to fucking Take her home with him now Okay, Whether or not you really liked her or not Get on that motorcycle it gets good MPGs or MPKs or
2: KPGs, I guess. over there. <laughs> And he should have just
0: hauled ass. Kilograms
2: out. Per, kilometers per liter, right? Yeah, or, yeah. KPL. KPL. Yeah. No so gallon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but no, he decides he wants to <clears throat> figure it out, and he runs up. And what happens, Eric, when he gets to the attic?
1: <gasps> he gets like up to the be. attic, and. <laughs> <laughs> sleep-away camp about 10 years earlier uh he's, he gets up there and Lydio is the the martyr he's being stabbed by two sisters one of which we don't see the other one is the woman from the bed who mysteriously through some kind of miracle can now walk again and uh, she, she shows them big faker i know can't trust old blade
0: she opens the cupboard which he should have yeah, done right. from day one
1: she's right yeah she she shows him what they've been doing this all for all along and it's this half decomposed body floating in formaldehyde this creepy Bucky ass grin eyes wide open skin is just kind of melting and hanging on in little bits and uh, this is the painter Lagnani. Like
0: yeah, i still don't understand the motive like oh yeah we're doing this we're making art for him ish
2: trying to bring him back were they trying to bring him back
0: dude i have no I fucking idea like it didn't make <laughs> any
1: fucking sense they're somewhat diluted. yeah they i mean they're they batshit
0: crazy I, so right there i i think that yeah, they think
1: he's drops. still alive yeah but yeah they, they basically you, attacked that, stefano
2: I was going to say, uh, did you guys ever see this really, really bad film called Blood Diner? Yeah. The um, When they show the guy in the formaldehyde, it reminded me of, in Blood Diner, the uncle who's just a brain in a jar who yeah. talks to the... <laughs> <laughs> the movie is so ridiculous. Anyway, so
0: I'm you're sorry.
1: You were waiting for Lugnani to, to say something.
0: Yeah. I was waiting for Crane to walk in the room from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Alright.
1: <laughs> yeah. Poor uh, Stefano. He's attacked by the, the sisters and left for dead. But um, yeah, like I mentioned, he was running around town looking for help, bleeding out. And uh, only the priest will take him in to uh, to Sanctuary. But then he... Spoiler alert. Well, I don't know. I guess we've spoiled it. Yeah, but... shows him his nipple. Yep, And it's... it's... A woman's nipple <laughs> I think it? yeah. yeah it's a boob it's he's the, a, the other sister big old boobie so if you're looking for boobs in a movie you're only going to get one and it's on a tranny
2: <laughs> oh man
1: <laughs> it's really
0: not something to get excited about
1: horrifying <laughs> I think I heard it's someone a, say it's a flat. such an old person yeah, They thought for an old person though It looked pretty, a pretty young boob But I'd have to go back and look at it I don't think I will for a while though Well I
0: mean More likely than not the nipple would be Pointing to the ground And be much darker By that point for I sure. would assume sure. right. But um But yeah
1: So yeah our, our priest is the other sister The second sister that we didn't know of before And uh, Stefano's fate is still undecided. He never got a sequel. I guess we'll never know.
0: Because you hear the sirens come up. Now, Chris, you alluded to the fact that um, the killer might have gotten away or something in your Jalos score report.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, well, there's two things. Like, I, Salami called the police, right? Yeah, he, he got on the phone and said, give me the police. And and for, for what purpose? I mean, like, I, it seemed like everybody in the town was in on it. So, um...
0: I think I thought it was more he, of, like, a make sure he doesn't get away.
2: Because I, I, like, I'm just it. thinking... No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, I'm just thinking, like, you know... Um, the uh the 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 townspeople are scared of uh the the sisters and so as as a result um they kind of feed the outsiders to the sisters in order to stay safe uh in order to survive you know again because like they all know what's going on but um they don't want to have anything to do with it so I mean, that, but there, that that's presents your
0: giant plot hole because Salami asked fucking Zach Galifianakis to come to town to paint the fucking fresco in the church, knowing that freaking um, the chick from the Crying Game wouldn't fucking get pissed off. You know, like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, why did they have him come in the first place? The mayor guy says it's to build. Attraction for tourists to come to the town, but if he goes into the church and starts working on the painting, he's got to know that the two motherfuckers that everyone in town are afraid of are probably not going to be too happy with it. So if that's the case, why didn't fucking Tranny Go Lightly go fucking kill herself Little Salami? (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, people say this movie's really good, but the whole fucking plot of the movie doesn't make any fucking sense and like i know a lot of people go oh Jello's not supposed to make sense you know it's stylistic on this movie i kind of want to say fuck that because this movie goes out of its way to be so different and to have like a big mystery you know what i'm saying so like i don't understand why like kill the outsider while he's doing something to bring more people in that we won't want to have come in it doesn't make any sense
1: <laughs> right. unless it is a feeder system like you're saying bring more people in but i think it does require more more than one watch to really catch things like that otherwise they do come off cross it's very much of a plot hole um, right. with with Salami, unless Salami is totally oblivious to it all for some reason, even though he's supposedly some big shot within the town. Maybe
0: he's like... T- was that a pun? Because he's short?
1: Call oh, no, I'm shot. sorry.
0: I didn't... No. That's fucking very classless, my friend. I, please. <laughs> please don't make me look to be the
1: classless one. <laughs> I know,
0: for okay. real. Unless Salami is tired of the sisters and wants to like rid the town of this shit but if that's the case why doesn't he send the fucking militia ar- cop guys with machine guns over to the church and just have them gun everybody down like how fucking hard is it to kill two old women with knives if you have an army of motherfuckers with m16s like how fucking
2: difficult is this So, that's a rhetorical question, right? I guess. (laughs) Can we just move on? Uh, Did you guys notice at the very end, there seems to be somebody putting their hand on the tree right before the credits roll? Did you guys see that? Yeah, that's the cops coming, right? I guess, but that's the thing, right? So, maybe at the end of the movie, they're like,
0: uh, shit, this isn't making any sense. Let's stop now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I, I don't know where this is going, but whatever we do from here on out is going to cause a lot more questions than answers, so let's just call it a day.
1: Maybe Salami just wanted some evidence, and he knew that the painter would be able to... Dude, evidence, you don't need
0: anything in this little fucking town in the middle of nowhere, and plus the fucking priest tranny and fucking old lady, like, the old lady's like dying supposedly in her bed, can't walk the priest can't possibly have a real identity so you fucking shoot these motherfuckers throw them in the river no one would ever fucking know they were gone
1: or give a shit maybe they uh, wanted to track down Lignani because his death is still undecided
0: <laughs> and I they knew
1: that they is. had to go through the sisters to get to him just if, open your if mind if anyone That's all. goes upstairs
0: and opens a fucking cupboard you're going to find a giant fucking dude in some fucking formaldehyde like that's the only thing you can open in that fucking room so some i don't know why no privacy. one <laughs> that's a bunch of bullshit I... <laughs> okay so either. this movie is beautiful in its weird yellowy way okay it's super the whole sepia tone thing that's it's got going on lends itself to it and it's really really cool I do like it I like the look of it I like the music of it that no one will be able to hear because we can't find any and all sorts of other stuff it's a good movie in that regard but I really don't like movies where the protagonist is such a fucking douche that can't fucking do anything like everything just happens at him And he just accepts it. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, I don't know, maybe it's something like when you have kids and you see, like, I get irritated, like, when, like, my kid, let me, let me try to think of a good example. Chris might know what I'm talking about, but like, or your kids are kind of young, but like, let's say like, oh, I'm going to take a shower and hang my towel up, but I miss the towel hanger upper. By a half an inch so the towel's on the floor. I'm going to walk away now. I'm like, no fucking no. You pick that up and you put it up. This guy (laughs) would be like, oh, okay. The towel's on the floor. No big deal. I'm going to go grow my beard over here. Maybe. (laughs) You know, it's just like he's such a fucking puss, dude. And it's not even like pussy. It's like he just doesn't fucking seem to give a shit about anything. He's the most apathetic fucking human being in the world. And it just irritates the shit out of me. Like if this was George Hilton, fuck that. None of this would have gone down. George Hilton would have had none of that. But right. George Hilton would have
1: wouldn't have played a painter. Maybe maybe he has. And
0: he probably would have ended up being the killer at the end anyway. So um, <laughs> that might be a bad example. But or like the fucking uh, Testy from fucking Solange. No way. He wouldn't have fucking put up with any of this shit, dude. He'd have been, uh, no. You know? It's just like, I and I know it's like a different movie for a different thing, but I just, I really his just apathy
1: is just too much for me. I'm, I'm trying to think of how apathetic he was. I guess it didn't really come across to me that way. Maybe that's why I'm having a hard time envisioning it, but he did, he didn't seem very active, like a you know like a
0: well I mean he normal. said like four words in the first half hour of the movie yeah. it's just like he was just this thing that things happened to, and he just right. kept going along so he thing. could just
1: he could just be another one of these characters like you were saying who's more of a prop whereas the story and the the secret and everything is really the the focal point the the real character of the film.
0: I think that would be astute. No. Okay, that works for me. Okay. Um. So I just kind of went off on a tangent. What do you guys think?
1: <laughs> Crickets. Uh, what I? Oh th- I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll. I don't know. I don't know if I've. I've kind of sprinkled in my thoughts throughout the when I was going over the synopsis, but it's it's something that I really was kind of a surprise to me. I enjoyed it. I did think that there were... I came away with probably a lot more questions than I did from a lot of other films we've done, more or less because those ones I just didn't take seriously, whereas this one, it, it has that feel where it's like a more obvious, serious one. Um, the setting is different. It takes place in northern Italy, so it's a lot more rural and stuff like that. Um, I guess if I could pose a uh, a abstract question to you guys this week... Um, did you did you think that this village's quietness, their their lack of wanting to speak out towards the horrors of, of this painter family and the sisters, you think that was the director Avadi's response to like the fascism that Italy went through in, during World War Two and how like people just Ooh. kind of went, went went with emotions and they didn't want to speak up towards it and they didn't want to? You know, help out the outsiders and stuff like that because I've been reading a lot about that and interpretations of this film. Right. So I I don't know if that's something that you guys would. I
0: think that is very astute, sir.
1: Astute twice and. I know,
2: right? Well, you know, and you know, besides that, besides whatever that context might be. Um, that, that, or the, the subtext of the film. It, do you guys get the feeling just watching that 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 it's older than it, it than its than its release date? Like it definitely. seems like it seems uh-huh. like it, it's it's 1971, 1970, maybe sixty nine film. And you're well, talking it looks about like a spaghetti western. Yeah, you know. Yep, yeah, definitely. And maybe it's partly because. There doesn't. There maybe there wasn't a lot of budget, and it, it was filmed in a way that it didn't have the flashy, you know, typical Jalo kind of look and feel. Um, but also, it um, it came, you know, after so many films. I mean, you know, you're talking about 1976. I mean, how many how many Jolly were released by that time? I mean, you know, like over a hundred probably. So, you know it's almost as if they did it on purpose to make it look different. I was to just make gonna say that, yeah. You know, to, to to say here, here's something a little different. Like that that's what I get from this. I get that, you know, here's here's kind of something that not only is it a a film that I guess was obscure for a while, um, but also um you know, it, it it it's different. It it's it doesn't follow the normal um, formula for a Jalo. It comes uh, after the heyday of the Jalo, so maybe the director is looking to do something different. And, and like Eric was saying, maybe there there is uh, a little bit more context or, or subtext going on uh, that is more of a commentary. Uh, whether or not that was lost on the audience is is a question for somebody else. I mean, even knows. I don't know
0: I don't know much about the director, but even if he was a kid. um when world war Two ended like i'm sure he would have been feeling that especially like from his family and everything for years after yeah. so that <clears throat> does make sense and if you look at it like the town is like old italy and the foreigner is like the new italy that like doesn't remember the war and wants to like live life to the fullest and be right see again and all that other stuff yeah i could see that and i think making the movie look older and dirtier um and dustier probably
1: lent itself to that um whole thing right yeah i think that's why i saw it saw it that way too just the it was a lot different than the flashy updated look of new italy it, it did feel like very anachronistic like chris was saying it was felt like this was it didn't have a time it was just kind of existed and it could have existed in post-world war ii italy like right afterwards or you know even into the 60s or early 70s so that, that might have been why I, I came away with feeling like that it was just, just this weird pall over the town where it was no one wanted to to talk about anything and if they did then they were too scared so that's that's kind of why I enjoyed this film I mean don't get me wrong I did enjoy it
0: but just like on basic like my big thing is I like being told a good story and I don't feel like this story like the story was fine until you find out who the killer is and then if you like do the math, it, it to me it didn't make any sense and that's just me uh-huh. I guess, but um, I don't know, I just, I feel like this one was a lot bigger and deeper with the town in general being like I don't know, like just the whole like, I mean, I'm a big Twin Peaks fan obviously, I've said that probably a lot, maybe not and when the t- whole town is weird, I like that and like I wanted Something from that, and I just don't think the payoff makes sense on paper. I guess. Yeah.
1: It's a plot that leans itself more towards television than than a film, maybe. Just to have to, it's such a broad scope to have to fit in. And this movie is rather, it's a little longer than ones we probably covered uh, on average. So there are parts where kind of drags, where they probably could have focused on others, other things to make it a better, a tighter plot. I definitely agree with that. So, yeah,
2: Chris, Ooh. what do you think? Yeah, what 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 Eric said. Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and none I, I, of us again. even
0: mentioned the fact that that crazy guy put a live animal in his friend's coffin, and no one flinched. Well, the, the mice. <laughs> He's like, I put a live animal in there for your friend to keep him company. And, like, it's all scratching on the sides.
2: Uh-huh. What about the uh, what about the scene where they're riding the bikes and he's singing a song about, you know, I, I'm sure the translation was a little off, but it said something about, I'm so happy, I'm riding on this bicycle. And then, I, I don't know very much Italian, but I know that putana means whore. And I heard him say something about a putana. And then I looked and it said, I, the subtitle said something about my sister is a whore or did you guys notice that 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 part
0: no but um, Al and I were talking and he was telling me how the translation for this movie is so wrong <laughs> like there were so many and he was going to write me a list of all the discrepancies and then I think it got to the point where the list was going to be too long and he's just like dude I yeah it's full of them
3: <laughs> well,
0: awesome no wonder we didn't understand the story yeah if al if there's a reason why salami brought the guy to the town in the first place that is said in the italian please let me know because then i would have a
1: different feeling of this film obviously <laughs> yeah so you said you didn't know too much about the director did do we want to talk about like production yeah, stuff yeah yeah well it's uh directed by poopy avati I don't want to d- dwell on it. yeah <laughs> dwell on the name too much I'm probably even saying it wrong I don't know but he's not known too much for his giallo films but I do he was kind of a student of Fellini so that might be another reason why he's into kind of the post-war Italian culture um but he did write and produce Lamberto Bava's Macabre his first his first film so he's did kind of dabble in the giallo from time to time and he did do a couple of a couple of cool horror movies, I guess. I haven't seen them, but I guess Zeter from 1983 is considered another one of his masterpieces. Um, kind of along the same lines of like an outsider being trapped in a weird secret, but it's more supernatural. So, um, so that's the kind of the notes that I got on him. Other than that, he's not, you know, he's not a guy we'll probably hear too much about later on, on in the show. I don't think he he really did many other giallo films. But um, your your buddy creep Lino Capolicchio, who played Stefano, he doesn't have very many credits either to his name, but shocker, uh, he does go by <laughs> Stefano in another movie, Bloodstained uh-huh. Shadow. So he, I don't know if oh, maybe, that's right. maybe maybe that is the maybe that's the sequel. I don't know, but yeah, for some reason he likes that name, Stefano. Um, yeah, pretty much everyone in this film. Is not you know we won't see very often in, in any other Jello films. Um, Francesca, she basically went on to become a writer and director after this film, so she didn't. She wasn't modeling more. underwear after that. Maybe for some fetishist out there, I don't know. <laughs> Someone might be into that. Maybe. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to exclude them. Those are some bloomers. Right. Yeah. And, and then uh, of course the r- the rest of the cast are basically just uh, Avadi regulars in some of his other films, so nothing really of note. So that's that's really all I could dig up. Um, no really other alternate titles either. I think they just kind of rearranged the words. I think. Well, in some... shit. Oh, on the shit. French video
0: um, release of this, not the theatrical, but the video release, it was released as Gates of Hell.
1: Oh, that's not confusing. And in
0: <laughs> Hungary it was released is the house stop laughing.
1: Right. Okay. Alright, yeah. That makes well let me think about that one for a while.
0: Yeah, what's really weird is that house stop is abbreviated, or not abbreviated, but hyphenated. Yeah. Like it's one word, house stop. The house stop
1: laughing.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. house stop laughing
1: so that would make it a yeah like a verb sure I mean yeah i make it a noun okay whatever
2: well you know the the interesting thing about his other film (laughs) his other film Zader it also goes by a name Revenge of the Dead and uh, in in the US there was a um, a VHS, the VHS version of the, of that film, um, showed a zombie basically. Um, and honestly, uh, I think a lot of people in the United States thought that, um, this film was, uh, a zombie film. And a lot of people who rented it were just totally pissed off that it, that it wasn't, you know, uh, <laughs> But I've never yeah, I seen it. I, I've 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 got a copy of it, and it's supposed to be really good. But it's not a zombie film, and I don't know that it's even a horror film. I think it's like some sort of a thriller of some sort. But yeah. when
0: um when Midnight Releasing put out my movie OC Babes and the Slasher is Zombie Town, they um put a bunch of stock footage zombies and shit on the back, and then took one of the girls from the movie and like blacked her eyes out to make her look like some possessed thing. And none of that shit goes on in the movie. And then it has like some chick on the front that has like a giant skull tattoo on her back. That's not in the movie. (laughs) Like, yeah, that happens.
1: It's a weird world out there.
0: It is. (laughs) Hollywood. Uh, that's Phoenix, right. Arizona. Is where <laughs> Midnight Releasing is located, I it's think. It's all Hollywood. Yeah, whatever. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. But um, this was up in. <clears throat> uh, it was shot. Most of it was shot up in uh, northeastern Italy, not too far from where Your Vice was shot. Um, right. And Cento, uh, Camaccio And other words that I will butcher if I try to pronounce them were some of the locations. And again, if you go to the Facebook group, you could see a Google image, um, Google Earth thing of the church that still stands. Oh, and I did have something else in case you guys are interested. Um, I wanted to learn more about frescoes um because i thought for sure that it was a carbonated beverage but apparently
1: it's a painting <laughs> Wait, and um in case that's, that's you... the feminine the feminine version is a is it beverage oh is it okay fresca yeah
0: oh, fresca. fresca oh not fanta either so okay no, so anyway so um Shatsun. fresco um is a technique of mural painting executed upon freshly laid lime plaster. Water is used as the vehicle for the pigment, and with the setting of the plaster, the painting becomes an integral part of the wall. The word fresco is derived from the Italian adjective fresco, meaning fresh. Nice. So you learned something
1: Kind of legit on this show. Did I ever tell you how much I love when you read things? No. Do you love when I read things? I do. I wish <laughs> you would just read to me
0: at night. And behind door number two
1: is... Yeah.
0: That's kind of <laughs> how I read.
1: Yeah. It's very alive, alive. You You make the words jump off the page. Well, to be fair, friend, when you read um
0: al lewis's just kidding al owens's grandpa. email um i enjoyed your inflections oh thanks <laughs> i'm practicing to be a book on tape reader you should um those are now called audiobooks um grandpa people don't people don't <laughs> use tapes anymore <laughs> There's a such a thing as tape just, yeah just me and al lewis yeah, U N L Lewis with your um, <laughs> Betamax collection.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, so that was House with the laughing windows, or House with the windows that laughed, or House with windows laughing,
1: or laughing.
0: or yeah. <laughs> House stop, and Gates of Hell. So, so that
2: was... it sounds to me like creep you kind of were put off by the inconsistencies of the characterizations in the plot but liked the film for its artistic value and I think uh, Eric and I both kind of liked it in general. Is that what we come down to? Yeah, I think so. It's, yeah.
0: it's a good movie and it's well made. You know, there are some weird things in it. Just the story I wasn't huge on and the um, lead was just, like, a wet fart. Like... Right. He was just... He was Keanu Reeves on a average day. You know? Oh.
1: Right. Damn.
0: Just letting stuff happen to him. Yeah. I, I like I'm my, I like my heroes a
1: little more proactive. Dude, okay. I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna i want to give this one a rewatch, see if I can catch anything maybe ex- to help explain it more. But uh, I guess we'll find out where it all lies maybe next week when we do. Uh, is it next week when we get the, the next top 10 or top 20 list out?
0: Oh, I'm so excited. A new top something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next episode, we will be um, telling everyone what our top 10 of the last 10 are. And then do you want to do
1: a top 20 on top
0: of that? whoa maybe
1: maybe we could do we could do that a special thing for the website or something where we write something i don't know but just do 10 for the show so we don't like yeah, go eight I'm, hours i'm think
2: yeah i'm thinking if we're gonna do the 20th film next show then maybe we dev- devote an entire show to talking about about the top 20
0: well and then that'll yeah. throw our whole number system off
1: <laughs> that's right then it, when we get to 30, get you right. we won't know
0: it'll destroy everything we cannot possibly do that but what i will say um we're gonna <laughs> find out right now um whose movie won um so what movie we're gonna do next so is anyone on facebook right now to be able to check just to make sure
1: yeah i, I am on uh i tried to solicit more votes just in case you bastard i specifically did not do that because you made fun of me for doing that last time (laughs) well hey in all fairness i still voted i didn't switch my vote i stuck with the girl who knew too much and that is in fact what came away the uh, winner with sister of ursula just a hair behind a pubic hair a (laughs) a thin and wispy (laughs) behind
0: speaking of um so the next movie is going to be the girl that knew too much right um but what i was gonna say was we never went over our honorable mentions for um death scenes and one of the things i i was wanting to put sister Ursula in there because the weapon is just so ridiculous but none of the death scenes were really that good but if we want to go with ridiculous weapons and how that would possibly actually kill somebody um, sure. Sister Ursula takes the fucking cake. Ridiculously <laughs> takes the cake. We'll keep <clears> that <throat> as a teaser.
1: Yeah, that'll be your teaser. Okay, for for a month from now. But in two weeks, yes, it'll be. And so we'll be girl. back to Baba.
0: So I will let everybody know, um, listeners, if you want to submit your top ten lists um, to be, and we'll, we won't do it on the next episode. We'll do it on the one following. So we have, like, you have, like, what, four weeks to get those lists in? Because I know Alex tends to forget a lot and has to do it last minute. So I'm giving him plenty of fucking time to get that list in here. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah. Calling you out. Calling you out. So um, next Mm -hmm. week we'll have our top ten and we'll talk about, um, this is Chris's pick, right? Yeah the girl yes. that
1: knew too much or did she Grammatically, it should be the girl who knew too much but yeah well what did i say it's the girl that knew too much
0: oh yeah
1: or it could be called I'm not gonna... smart girl <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna split hairs or, or anything over it so I'll save the splitting hairs for Sister Versal. Well, there's already
0: a slit right down the middle, so it just splits the hairs yeah. on its own. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a natural part. Lordy. This is getting disgusting. Okay, <laughs> so we'll do that, and um, yeah, I guess that's it. We'll play the trailer for The Girl That Knew Too Much right now. Is there anything I'm forgetting? I can't see. It's dark
1: in here now. It's... no, it, yeah, let's just... Let's Let's just stop this.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We've podcasted through your sundown.
1: Yeah, dude. It's fucking dark in here now. I haven't turned on a light. All the way on the West Coast. So, yeah, that's that's late. That's dark.
0: Yeah. It's been dark over there for hours, and Chris didn't have any real big fuck ups with his internet connection or anything. No.
2: No. Because I, 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 I turned everything off, like I said.
0: Yeah, and Eric probably has viruses from looking at porn before we started the show, just in case anyone was wondering. That did, did some happen. research.
3: <laughs>
1: it's a, it's a write-off. Oh, so good. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably gonna have a power surge if I don't get off the computer here pretty soon. Okay,
0: so guys, um, good <laughs> show, and I guess that's it. So ciao, ciao everybody.
4: Ciao, ciao. Bye.
5: Cosa dice Che trappola Mi lasci passare Mi lasci passare Nora Nora (laughs)
3: che <sína> <laughs> che ciao, ciao.